I'm Legacy MC of Maryland Championship Wrestling, MCW Pro, Larry Legend. And I'm Dan McDevitt. I'm Tara. And we are so happy to be with you here again. Remember, every Tuesday at 8, you get a brand new episode of the MCW Cast live. And how about last week's guest? How about our, our episode last week featuring ROH standout, Joe Keys? Yeah, what a great story that was. I still laugh. I told a bunch of people. Uh, I thought it was such a hilarious story about his mom. Oh, yeah, the judge. <laughs> Being a Hartford County judge. Yeah. I, I didn't know whether to laugh or kind of get a little upset since we do shows in Hartford County. We could have got shut down by his mom. <laughs> right? He could have given bring her out, you know? I was kind of like listening to the story and like, that's heat? Yeah, yeah like, 100%. We're lucky your mother didn't, uh, we're lucky Mrs. Keys. You're right. Her honor. Yeah, her honor. Her honor. Yeah. Didn't, like, uh, shut us down over that. But you're right. That would be a great gimmick if you just could imagine her in her robe, like, walking down, like, with the gavel. Right. Reminds me of another judge from the right. CW past. <laughs> um, Very true. I thought it was such a heartwarming story. As a mom, I could see myself doing something like that, you know? Like, you always want to take care of your kids and make sure they're okay. So I thought it was funny. It, it was. I related to it, too, because I kept my involvement in wrestling secret from my family as well. So... Uh, and it was only when I was, I knew that they might catch wind of it because it was being advertised, my first match. And I was like, guys, I got to tell you something, yeah. you know, and then I, I had to let them in on it. So I could relate to it both as a mom and as somebody who also had to keep it secret as well. But you weren't living with your parents at the time. No, I hadn't lived with them in years. Right. And it was I funny. think Joe was, which makes me yeah. even like crazier. Like, yeah. Because it's so much goes into training mm -hmm. um, physically and everything. I just remember when I started training, I mean, I'm sure you all can relate. I spend many nights in the tub. I mean, I, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's kind of, it, you know, it's a lot to hide. I was just shocked. I never, it, that's what I enjoy the most about these. Even though so many of the people we're having are people we've had relationships for years um, through the business. They have students like Joe was. And um, you just find out stuff that we didn't, you know, that you didn't know. Yeah. Right? Found it, it very much came off like a, I mentioned this, like a sitcom. Like, you know, where it's a 80s sitcoms, yeah. give me a break, what's happening, you know, where, where they're sneaking past mom and dad because they're doing something that they know they wouldn't approve of. Right. Then mom and dad find out and it's like they give them the silent treatment for a month, about a month they don't even talk to me. You know, it's like right out right. of the Huxtables. Uh, speaking of a uh, sitcom-esh type things, we... How was everyone's Valentine's Day? Oh, mine was good. Um, I, you know what I got for Valentine's Day? What's that? A bruiser buddy. Hey! hey. What a gift! <laughs> right up on the, the TV. Gift, right gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> That's indeed. I wish that I would have had a sweetheart to send me a bruiser buddy, yeah. but uh, you sold quite a few of them. But I think a lot of people had love on their mind when they when they purchased them. Absolutely. Well, and I want to say I appreciate all the love that people are showing for Bruiser and buying the Bruiser Buddies. And there are still some left, so if you want to get a Bruiser Buddy of your own for a belated Valentine's Day gift, uh, then... There's the information, and you can do that, and I'll be happy to get one out to you. Now, now let, let everyone know, Tara, are they limited-time offerings, or are you going to keep on doing these, or once these are gone, they're gone? You just got one order in, right? Well, I have, yes, just one order so far, so we're seeing how we do. Maybe we'll switch it up. I know Leo Rush is also selling uh, his own buddies, and he's got four different variations, so I was thinking about that, that that might be something, you know, because he's had a couple of different singlets and so forth. Yeah, short hair, RJ. And, 
Yeah, so you know? maybe there's something we could do with that. But, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, the Axel. Remember when he was teaming with Axel Rotten and he kind of had the shorts, oh, you know. yeah, the, the ripped the, up shorts. Yeah, the yep, Marilyn Manson, you know, uh, bruiser. The social social distortion. For a long time, he had the social distortion yep. uh, sc- little dancing skull on his tights. That'd be a cool one. I still one. have that. We actually took that singlet and made it into a singlet for our youngest son when he was about three years old. For Halloween, he dressed up as bruiser. Oh, wow. And so we made it in. It's the teeniest, tiniest little singlet with that we cut that out and had it made for him so i do actually have that well that's awesome that's my favorite rj gear honestly when i first came around that was the gear that uh he was wearing, and it kind of turned me on to Social Distortion as a band. I, yeah. didn't even, I was like, what is this guy with a skull? I gotta know. But, right, um, right. Yeah, so way, way to open up uh, my mind, RJ. Uh, I know you're listening on uh, to introduce me to even new music when I didn't even know. <laughs> and just for the, um, as the promoter for the MCW Pro Wrestling Ethical Disclosure here, all of the money goes right to Tara for the Bruiser Buddies. Um, and takes care of her and the kids. Of so course. I just don't want any, I, I, you know, I have that conscious of, of my, oh, he passed away in their MCW, <laughs> trying to make money off of him. I don't want that. Right. Because I had had one or two people, like, email that, and I was just like, or, you know, like, kind of like half comments, and I'm like, no, I, I want everybody to know. This is... Done this is right a through Tara. Yeah. You go right through Tara, and it's helped take care of her and their two boys. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate and it's that. awesome. So yeah. I just, yeah. We were, MCW's not making a single dollar off of it. Well, you know. and you know, after, in the last several months, I've had probably hundreds of requests from people for T-shirts. And you know, with us not running shows right now, keeping hundreds of T-shirts on hand in my living room is probably not practical. Yeah. And you know, you don't know what size, and then you're stuck with a whole bunch of 3XLs and extra smalls and everything oh, else relate. has been sold. So I thought, you know what, these are really unique. They're a good quality product. I was happy to support an independent business. And uh, yeah, so these are, they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah. And MCW, Dan, I'm going to resound that. I know that when you're kind of crafting the advertisement for them, you you want to let people know that this is the way to pay and this is how much they cost. Right. But for everyone that's listening out there and share with your friends, this is going to the family um, of, of R.J. Meyer. Uh, but you know what's going to us? Buy me a coffee. Right. Okay? That's Now, now that's that the way. Up. Yeah, you can support us that <laughs> way. That supports the cash. Indeed. That's right. And we've got some new members, actually. Well, let's to hear our, it. Roll um, call. Yes, who have sent us some coffee. So Rich Barnett, shout out to Rich Barnett. A uh, longtime fan and actually a good friend of mine outside of the wrestling business. And uh, Michelle Wholehouse, Mo and Lisa again, threw some coffees our way. Right Thank on. you. Thank you, guys. Thomas Nickham, Chris L., and Salt and Pepper Lawn Services. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who bought us a cup of coffee. Uh, I've been caffeinating myself ever since I, I got to the studio. You know how I do this <laughs> yeah. about my second or third cup. So we support that. And um, remember the perks for becoming a subscriber, not just giving us a tip, but there are perks for becoming a subscriber. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we can call you, shout you out right here on the cast. You have anything that you, you want to ask our upcoming one, guests? One of, the things, one of the things is they got the heads up. The heads up, that's right. About who the guest was going to be this week, and we're able to ask questions. And also a monthly Zoom call we're going to be doing with the members of Buy Me a Coffee that we got to get set up and let them know for the month of February, mm-hmm. a Zoom call with all of us where we'll kind of have discussions, get their thoughts, and kind of get their feedback about mm-hmm. things they might like to see. So it's a lot of it's a lot of insider perks there for being a member. That's yeah. right. And later on in the episode today, we'll actually have some questions from some of our uh, Coffee Club members for our guest in studio this week. Well, that is just delightful. With that said, I think we got to take our first break, uh, but then we're going to bring our guest in. Yep, bring our guest uh 
Brandon Scott. That's right. <clears throat> the mayor of Baltimore. The Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winning. Brandon Scott. Right. Not the mayor of Baltimore. Just a joke. Imagine um, that. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the current rating, but 2019 Shane Shamrock Cup champion. But That's right. By default, he's reigning an extra year because of the, you know, everything happening in the world. We weren't able to have a 2020. Well, we're going to get right. to talk to him. So we'll get to talk to Brandon Scott. Right after this. Fuel the MCW cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast. And for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee. Or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks. That's buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast. Do you have a dream of entering the squared circle? Do you have what it takes to get out of the crowd and into the ring? Then the MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center is the place to begin turning your dreams into reality. Whether you are a male or a female, the MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center has years of experience and success to teach you, the student, every facet of the professional wrestling industry, including in-ring skills, promo skills, match psychology, and navigating your way to success in the wrestling business. The MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center has helped begin some of the industry's biggest names on their road to superstar. Names like WWE superstars, The Velveteen Dream, Leo Rush, WWE Hall of Famer leader, multi-time Divas champion Mickey James, former United States champion Orlando Jordan, SmackDown and Raw referees Jessica Carr and Derek Moore, current NXT signee Tahuti Miles, Ring of Honor stars the Sons of Savagery, as well as numerous students who were handpicked to train at the ROH Dojo. Just listen to what Hall of Famer and AEW's good old JR Jim Ross had to say about MCW. MCW wrestling is just it's what wrestling should be. They don't cheat the fans, and the talent works so damn hard. The great thing is, is that if you want to be a star, then you, you, you get trained in MCW's training camp is money. It's a great place to learn your craft and learn the right work ethic and the right uh, professionalism. And how about what legendary superstar Matt Hardy said about MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center? This is where we got our first break. We were young guys like all the guys you see out here every single month. And it means the world to me that you come out and you support them. MC Doug! MC Doug! MC Isn't it time you achieved your dreams? Then go to mcwprowrestling.com for more information on our next beginner's class. The MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center. Your journey from out of the crowd and into the professional wrestling ring begins here. Hey, how about that? A uh, nice advertisement for the MCW, MCW Pro Training Academy. Yeah, great students, just like Joe Keys last week, one of our students. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anyone out there, our next beginner's class is uh, April 6th. And we've had students coming from all over the tri-state area over the last several months. Uh, when we reopened back at the end of June, um, I was really surprised how many people decided, you know, this is the time to train and be a pro wrestler. And, you know, it kind of makes sense because... Other parts of our lives have kind of shut down, and maybe now you've got some time freed up that you can devote to this. But we've got people coming from everywhere, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Pennsylvania, yeah. making the drive to come to MCW Yeah, it was something we talked about mm -hmm. um, when, when we opened back up. After being shut down for about six months, we weren't sure, mm -hmm. like, hey, what's going to happen? Are people going to be signing up? But it's almost, it's almost like picked business up and had a lot more people... Um, a lot mm -hmm. more people interested in signing up than we thought. We have some great kids. Yep, um, so absolutely. A, a good, good crop of kids in there training now in another class, April 6th. So 
Um, if you're interested and you ever thought about it, just go to mcwprowrestling.com and um, all the information you need is right on there. And let's clarify, we don't mean actual kids. We are not yes. <laughs> Before the Athletic <laughs> yes, Commission has yes, a fit, we're yes. not training actual kids. It's just our affectionate term for the students that come through the door. So Right. I'm pushing 50 <laughs> years old, so they're all kids. Right. right. Yeah. You know, exactly. But we don't mean like 8-year-olds and 9-year-olds, right. which so is surprising. Don't you worry. still get that. You get parents. We have parents. You know, you, you respond to a question. You know, my, my son wants to start, but he, he's a little young. Well, how old? Like 8? <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, yes. we're not. No, no he's right. not. We can't have your 8-year-old in there being thrown around the ring. Exactly. So, so well, speaking to, of um, students, I remember, uh, who knows, maybe one of those students that signed up will be a future Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winner. Maybe so. We, yeah. Maybe so. That's Brandon right. Scott, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be back in the MCW Arena, and uh, nice to see you, Dan, Tara, Larry. Missed you guys. It's been a year. Oh, oh yeah. About yeah. a year since... Uh, I visited last February when when we had Angle, you know, the the February show. That was our last show, wasn't it? No, we had one March 7th. We had one March 7th in Galena. We went to Galena. Okay, so that was our last one. Oh, we did. You're right. You're right. That's right. Mm -hmm. We got that last one squeezed out. But that was the last time we saw each other, you and I at least. So, yeah, it's really good to see you, brother. Yeah, man. And the the studio, it's awesome. You have to be here to see it. (laughs) Like, just seeing it, like, you know, on the actual podcast on Facebook and Twitter and everything, it just doesn't do it justice until you're here. Yes. You guys did such a great job. Well, thank you. There's a lot of history in this room, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're happy we're, to we're happy with it. We're proud. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of thought and planning and I'm all went into it. So we're all real happy with how it came out. How's your dad been? He's good. He's been working through the whole pandemic just like me, you know, normal jobs, but mm-hmm. he's great, uh um healthy. He just had his doctor checkup, everything looks good, so he hasn't had any problems since what was it like two years ago that he actually had to miss a show for the very first time? It was one of the MCW shows that he right. was supposed to come I to. I remember that, mm-hmm. yeah. And he got sick and got put in the hospital, but since then he's been doing great. So I'm just happy he's healthy and, you know, with everything going on with this virus and mm-hmm. everything. So Yeah, and your fiance's doing good too. She's here. She's, she's doing here. good, yeah. She's she's planning the, planning the wedding for August. So August 28th is the date. Wow. And uh, with all the free time, we've actually had a lot. A lot of time, you know, to plan the wedding because it, it's a lot to do. If you're having a big wedding, uh-huh. there's so much that goes into it and so much money that goes into it. I had oh, no I idea. Know. Oh, yeah. We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> yeah. experts it was again. like planning a show. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Well, I wanted to backtrack for just a second. And for some of our fans who just or new people who are listening to the show and might not know the history, your dad is a MCW staple. He is your biggest supporter, and he is here at every show, and we all know and love Wayne Scott. And, uh, you know, it's great that he has, you know, that you have had that experience with him and that wrestling is something that the two of you have shared. And we're going to talk about that, actually, in this segment is kind of go back to, you know, how you got into wrestling, the influence of your dad and all of that. Yeah, Yeah. tell us a little bit about about you getting started in wrestling and how you guys, you started as, and your dad's always been a fan. Yeah, he's always been a fan. Um, Just him and his dad would watch wrestling together just like him and I would. Mm -hmm. uh, And they just, they watched it all the time. And he would always tell me stories. I never met my grandfather because he died in 1980. So, like, never even got to see him or anything. So, my dad was pretty young when he died, too. And uh, they would watch it together all the time. And uh, I remember him telling me stories like, if wrestling was on, you had to shut your mouth. And, like, you couldn't get in front of the TV. And he'd be jumping at the TV because 
legit like he just thought this was like the coolest thing ever you know like jumping at the tv like if his favorite guy wasn't winning so and they were just like that's what bonded them together you know the wrestling just like me and my dad and that's where it all started from uh, uh i remember my dad took me to my first wrestling event uh, it was a wcw event at the school the high school that i went to wcw would come there in the early 90s they came to about 93 and he took me to my first one and i just remember this is what i want to do I, I just loved it you know i'd be yelling yelling stuff and i didn't like vader or harley race and i remember like yelling the f-bomb at harley race like <laughs> f you harley race because i just didn't like him and uh but yeah that was just the beginning of it like and he he has been there with me since the start of my career since because we we would go to independent shows all over the place like uh when i he would take me to events in west virginia maryland pennsylvania mm -hmm. just driving me to all these indie shows that were possible to get to and and we didn't have gps back then you know all we were using was the map, map quest. Quest. you print out the map yeah. quest directions and we remember i remember driving to indie shows the same exact way everybody knew, i mean you're lucky now that you have gps you can just do that yeah. and just follow the directions before you just look at a piece of paper and then you yeah. gotta get the reverse direction just to get back home right yeah and, right. and is and and um what's neat about that so your dad was a fan of the indie shows too so to me, as someone that's that's been around a long time, that someone that, that the same thing when I was going to indie shows in the late '80s, um, not to date myself, um, <laughs> but same thing. There was no computer. You really had to dig to find out. You had to like hotlines. I've always thought there's wrestling. To me, people that just like watch wrestling on TV are casual fans. The real wrestling fans are people like our fans. They mm -hmm. come to the indie shows. They yeah. come to shows like ours that they're the real passionate. Like, they're, to me, it's a different level of wrestling fan than just the casual person that watches it on Monday Night Raw and maybe goes to the arena if, if WWE's in town. But the people that seek out and go to independent shows, to me, are just another level of, you know. Yeah. I, I hold them dear, obviously, because I'm an independent wrestling promoter, but mm -hmm. also, you know, as, as a fan growing up, because... We did. We really had to seek them out. Back in the 80s and 90s, you didn't just flip on Twitter and see, oh, there's an indie show. Mm -hmm. we were, I really had to dig. Me and my buddy, right. my buddy Rusty that went with me, we really had to dig to find out where they were. Yeah, yeah. So, like I didn't cool. even know that the independence even existed being that young. Like I didn't know. Like you would see a wrestling group come to the town and you would just think, oh, it's wrestling, you know. Mm -hmm. But you would never know when they were coming back because there was not... Right. There wasn't a lot of information about and stuff. No, like that. no they were a flyer in the parking lot. Is what yeah. they were this, this, right. this is your event. It's just a flyer pro wrestling, and mm -hmm. it would have like maybe if they had a name coming in or whatever. Right. Yeah. But and then it just had their the indie names of the guys, and you're like, who are the like as a kid you didn't care because it's professional wrestling. Yeah. Who doesn't love that? Your eyes are drawn to Tatanka. Your eyes are drawn to former WWF. Doink the Cloud. Or Doink the Cloud, yeah. yeah. Good old All doink. 57 of them. Yeah, played by Brian Holehouse, Bob Stahl, you know, like. Whoever. But you're right. I didn't know anything about that until really I came here and got involved in MCW. But I did. I, I had gone to indie events without knowing I had gone to them with, like, my family and so forth. And I really just didn't know the whole interconnected network that we had in the independent scene. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. Like, I remember uh, just uh, – 
Kaida Kaida Pro. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse so, came yeah. from Kaida Pro. So Rock Singleton. Mm-hmm. So That's you right. See, you're right. Yep. Yep. So there was We're a just name dropping everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Brock Singleton. Yeah. Yes, but, I got a great Jimmy Z story. So so Kaida Pro came to Elkton, Virginia, and they were supposed to come. And like I had my tickets, I was so excited to go. And we get a big snowstorm canceled. Mm. So they come back the next month. I'm so excited, like just to see this. And I didn't care. It was in this VFW hall that was so mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but I didn't care. I didn't know any better. Like I'm just excited to be there. And like, and uh, Jimmy Z was there, of course. Of course he was. Uh, Jimmy Z, uh, but he was so nice to me. Like he took me in as this little kid, like and let me be in the ring and like run the ropes and like take pictures with all the guys and just it made me feel like you know I was. Like, superstar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how old were you then? Uh, 11. 12, 11, 12. Wow. So, like, yeah. I just loved it. Like, mm-hmm. I have all my pictures, like, from all the independents, like, hanging in my room until mm-hmm. I, like, until I moved, of course. I had them all hanging in my room from all the MC. Like, I had MC. I had Pat Brink when he was, uh. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. When he was, uh, Genesis. Uh-huh. I had his promos in my room and Jason <laughs> Static and wow, everybody Jason else. Static. Wow. Jason Static. My God. Yeah. <clears throat> he's a nice guy. He was really nice. He was really well put together. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Yeah. Whatever. Did he? He moved to train with the Dudleys, right? So he's in Florida now. Is yeah. He, is he? Is he still wrestling? He he does every now and then, but not as much. Like mm-hmm. we talk, we talk every now and then, and like, cause like I was refereeing, like actually, one of the Lord of the Rings uh, from you know really Rambo. Nice so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's a really nice guy. So it was cool. He's like he's always like, you know, I want to work you in the ring. He's like, I want to have a match with you, you know. Because, like, I was that little kid, you know, mm-hmm. and now, you know, just being a wrestler, he's just like, I see how good you've gotten. I want to get in the ring with you. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you, you did get into the business when you were pretty young, right? And yeah. How old were you? What was the, where did you start? Where did you get your training? Funny thing is, I was on uh, Shorty Small's website, and you know how you can add, like, the favorite links in and mm-hmm. everything? I, I noticed that there was this group called House of Pain, so I clicked on it, and it took me to the NWL House of Pain website, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a show coming up in Martinsburg, like, that Saturday, and I, I had no idea where Martinsburg was, so I, like, <laughs> I used MapQuest to see how far it was, and it was, like, an hour and 20 minutes, so that Friday night, it was, like, midnight, I called the number on the poster, mm-hmm. and I was, like, and someone answered the phone, and I didn't know. And I didn't, <laughs> someone, yeah, someone's cell phone. Yeah, oh, no, was it was their house phone. Was it? Yeah, so they, answered, they answered the phone. Were, Hello? Was it Dick? No, it was Rambo. Oh. Although I didn't know it was John Rambo at that time. I was like, hey, uh, I see you guys are having an event in Martinsburg. I want to get some tickets. Uh, I want to get three tickets because my brother was going to go, and, uh-huh. I, and my dad were going to go. And he's like, he put them back for me, and, I, and the next day we drove off to this show. Uh-huh. And when we got there, I remember so excited. It was pouring down, raining, and like we waited outside forever mm-hmm. because the, the actually the ring truck was late. It had a flat tire, so the uh-huh. ring didn't get there until the show was supposed to be at seven thirty. Show didn't start to like nine at night. Oh wow! Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was my first experience of you know learning about <clears> the House <throat> of Pain. Mm-hmm. Thirteen. Wow. Thirteen years old. And when did you start training? Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it took a little while before you actually trained to be a wrestler, but you first got in the ring at eleven. Right. Yeah. So between the time that you started training to be a wrestler and from the time you first got into the <clears> ring, <throat> didn't you have a, a pathway into another area in pro wrestling? 
So the funny thing is, I was going to the I was going to the House of Pain shows all the time because they were happening every Tuesday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and they had like their road shows in West mm-hmm. Virginia, right. Pennsylvania, like all the time. So I was able to catch those every weekend, and then when it, I think it was like I was just turned seventeen, it was, and uh, they were doing a, a contest where if you uh, did a, a raffle, where if you won, you got to be a special guest referee or a special guest manager for one of the matches. And I remember I bought a load of tickets. <laughs> I mean, I, I spent like fifty dollars on tickets just to win. And uh, I remember they pulled my ticket to win a special guest referee. And uh, they announced my number, and I was so excited, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get the referee a match. And uh, I remember it didn't happen that night. It happened, like, the very next show. It mm-hmm. was in Pennsylvania, uh, in Waynesboro. And uh, I remember they didn't even let me in the locker room. They were just kind of <laughs> like, they set me out there, and they didn't tell me anything. They were just like, here you go, go out in here and ref this match. You, you know how to count to three, right? And I'm like, course i know how to count the three you know so i did i i didn't know anything like what was going on i didn't know i just went out there and did the whole match and fell in love but even more in love than what i already was so So. wait a minute you're telling us that your first time refing they didn't even smarten you up to you know the business as it were and you just were refing as if this was a legit fight how old were you in that that one uh 18 i just turned 18 because i was in pennsylvania oh yeah Wow. So, so your first your first refing experience though you I was, was under so I was underage too at that time <laughs> I was seventeen so like and it was in Waynesboro so it was a small mm-hmm. venue so they never worried about the commission coming but I, I was going to say I would have got right on the phone with Papa <laughs> 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 right? uh, I wouldn't have yeah no, yeah but I had no idea like wrestling like I knew like you know the. The stuff behind the scenes, but I didn't okay. like. I didn't really know how it actually worked. Mm-hmm. What went on? They just sent me out there and they're like, "Hey, just count to three and raise the guy's hand." I'm like, "Okay, I can do wow. that." Wow! And refereeing is so much more than that, too. It is. It is. It's a lot more than that. But like they, being a being a fan your whole life, you kind of I feel like you have a sense of what you're doing. Like I feel like you should know a little bit more than just someone that doesn't know anything about oh, it. Oh yeah, so, well, it's it's the uh, being a good referee is just as important as being good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every Absolutely. bit. They don't. Referees never have and um, never have gotten the credit. That uh, you know, yeah, a, a good referee um, can make a great match even greater, mm-hmm. and um, a bad referee can totally ruin a good match. You, yeah, know? you sound so, just like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat about mania with. Uh, Savage. Oh. Those are like almost his exact paraphrased words. It's that the truth. That's it's, the truth. There's a third guy in that ring for great yeah. matches, and that's a good ref. Right. Yeah. So and then, and then, I, I, you, I actually met you the first time. <laughs> I think you right. That's it, when I first met you. Refed one of my matches. So, I did a show for Dick. Yeah. So after that, after that first match, after I refed that first match, I consistently emailed Rambo like. Hey, uh, do you need any refs? I can come up and ref for you. And I wasn't even training. Like, right. I would email like this. Like, I would email his AOL, and I would send him He was like, I'll take 50 bucks and a, co- and a, and a hotel. Right. <laughs> he wasn't even right. training. He's like calling shots. Hey, John, uh, you need a ref? I'll do it for 50 bucks yeah. in a hotel. So I would, <laughs> I would instant message him, like the, the AOL messenger. Bling. Like, I'd be like, do you need a ref? Or I would email, whatever. Like, so I'd get a hold of him. And he let me come in and do, like, one or two, like, stints because they were, like, short on refs. 
And I did that, and I remember him after that. He was like, hey, you need to sign up. Like, I was like, okay, like, what do what I need to do? Yeah, what do I need up. to do? <laughs> what do I need to do? And I just remember I needed my parent, my dad to sign me up because I wasn't overage yet. So he signed the papers, and I began my training as a referee. Wow. So did you, okay, so you didn't want to wrestle, or you didn't, or you I, did, but. I did, but at the time, like, I was. I was so tiny. I was you were real. You were real I was like, skinny. I, I was yeah. 120 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, you were a real skinny kid. And like all the guys were like just so big compared to me. And yeah. Like I'm like, and they still are, but like, just at that time, I was just afraid. I was like, see, that's gonna hurt me, you know? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I just started like I was natural at taking bumps. Like it just, mm-hmm. it just came natural to me, and I just wanted to, you know, start wrestling. So when I was refing, I was training, mm-hmm. you know doing my ref stuff because they didn't really have any refs. So I was like, I didn't actually get to get on a show at the time. So now Brandon, I think, I think I've told you this before, but you and I have something in common that our very first bump happened to be in the same ring. Uh, Cause that was the very first bump that I had ever taken was at the NWL ring as well, because Dick, uh, Dick Karakoff's son, Neil Superior was one of my good friends. Oh wow. And cause I'm from that town. And uh, uh, Neil kept trying to convince me to, wrestle because we used to work out at the gym together and he, he was like come on just come down and see how it feels and so i uh, feel bad for you bumping in that ring because it, <laughs> it hurts so bad. bad when did you superior pass away 90 96 96, what? 96. Uh-huh. it yeah. was actually 96 yep and this I was like probably like 92 or so i had like so when rambo moved from hagerson i got the whole collection of tapes from 95 until about 2002 2003 wow yeah and I, i'd be like i pulled out one of the tapes and watched and it was like the documentary like with the newscasting on when nil got oh, you know, maybe killed. you should digitize wow. that that footage you know because the tapes will only last for so long and now there are a lot of ways you can digitize it and, i and would love so to many. watch that i would mm. love yeah. to. I think it, there's it, a market just, for it, it. There's it's a market for it's it. crazy mm-hmm. because i didn't realize you know the whole backstory to you know mm-hmm. what happened to Neil. so yeah um his mom was my cheerleading coach in high school um and actually when neil superior passed that made me i stopped watching wrestling for about two straight years like i wouldn't even turn the tv on anymore like I know we have a lot of deaths that we go through in this business, but like that one, because he was like a childhood friend of mm-hmm. mine and I knew his family and everything. It really like, I was like, oh no, I hate the wrestling business. And it, it just made me like turn away from it for a couple of years. Yep. But I just thought that was a coincidence that you and I both have had our first bump in the same ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not been washed since, has it? It hasn't. No. <laughs> so was that, first, was that first bump as a ref or did you like train and you're... So no, I I my first bump was at training. Like okay. they they were like, "Do you want to learn how to wrestle?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know." They so, never bumped you while you were a ref. You never had to take a take a shot or get you know kicked by the guys. No, the yeah. only the only bump that I really remember taking as as a ref was against Billy Gunn and Rick Steiner. This was in Quantico, Virginia. I just turned eighteen, and I got to ref Billy and uh, Rick Steiner. And I remember like Billy was going for his famouser and like. Rick moved out of the way, and Billy just hit me with this tackle, this shoulder tackle. And I remember I just flew across the ring because I was like 100, 100 pounds. Like, and he Billy, did the same thing to me. And, and, and Billy Gunn never – he's one guy that – TV's never done him justice. No, he's, never. Mm-hmm. he's huge. That dude is a freaking tank. Yeah, yeah man. He, Billy Gunn is a freaking tank. Yeah. I mean, tall, big, just and a never, massive and never man. ages. Never ages. Yeah, yeah it's all that. Yeah, it's, the, it's amazing he doesn't you, – you, he's a guy that I've always – and getting to know him and having him in, I look back on his – I'm like, 
on TV, you cannot tell how big this dude is. This nope. dude's a friggin' tank. Yeah, it really is. So did he? Did he smarten you up to the bump that you were yes. going to take? Yeah, so I, I, you in the back? yeah, I knew what was going on then because I was actually signed okay. up and I did this show. Uh, it, it was for a guy who did military bases, Henry Hubbard. I don't know if anybody remembers that name, mm-hmm. but he yeah. always did the military bases, and Rambo kind of did like a little joint show with him. I think I worked for him. I did a couple. I wrestled Christopher Daniels on a couple military base shows. It may have been for that guy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, he was. He lived out uh, west, <clears throat> like, and yeah. he always came over here and did shows. <clears throat> but I remember after that match, like, you know, the ending of the match, like, Steiner got disqualified or whatever it was. I remember he had a chair in the ring, and and Rick Steiner was like, I'm going to hit you with a chair. Like, he just told me in the ring. I was like, I don't know how to take this. And he's like, just take it, baby, take it. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, they, I mean, that's 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 wild to hear that you were put in that type of position because I remember as a ring announcer, I had an experience where, where Billy Gunn had to kind of get his hands on me for helping Jerry Lawler defeat him. This was out at Fort Meade. I don't even think we were MCW. I think this is when we were... Fort Meade Championship Wrestling or something. Right, right. And similar to that, I was in a position where, you know, an audible was kind of called to me in the ring. I didn't know what to do, um, but that's a that's a really scary experience, you know, at the time where it's like, you have this big person saying, you're about to do this. And you're like, yeah, ah, but the, I, don't, I don't know. Take this chair shot to the head. You'll be okay. <laughs> and then, at, so at what point after that, did you start training to wrestle? When did you start wrestling? Do you remember? Uh, it was probably years? it was probably a year after. Like yeah. it was a year because I got my certification. I got my uh, certification as a ref. Look at this kid! Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow. <laughs> How old were you there? Uh, 19? 18, 19. 18, 19. So you were wrestling by this time. I yeah, you were wrestling. That, that was my Walmart gear right there. <laughs> with the little, you know. Uh, a windbreaker pants uh-huh. and the the elbow pads from uh, Dick Sporting Goods or played against sports. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was that was the start. Who did you have your first match with? So crazy thing was I didn't even know when it was going to happen. Uh, but we had like a three day weekend show, and it was a Sunday. And John needed someone. He was like, "Hey Brandon, you want to you want to wrestle?" And I was like, yeah, "You want to work?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course I do." And he's like, "Well, he's like, it's going to be against uh, a female." Are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to just get in the ring. And he's like, you're going to be wrestling Ferrari. I don't know if anybody remembers her or not. Uh, I don't. She, uh, she's married to Mark Mandrake, and they were they were up north in New York, but they moved to Florida. And uh, She was just an indie? Yeah, she's just an indie. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if she does anything anymore now, but they're in Florida. And John was like, we're going to, since uh, it's a female, we're going to put you under a mask. And I was like, okay. And we're going to call you the Amazing Pack. If you remember that movie, of course. Where you, yeah, I get, you know, the, I get oh, yeah. the rib. It's yep. funny, actually. Yep. Not topical in 2021, but <laughs> at the time, that's, that's hilarious. I have no idea what you're talking so about. So, mo- the movie, uh, it's called Pat. You didn't know if it was a, a female or a male. It was so. just called It's Pat. It's Pat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. The Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I remember. You know, okay. like, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll get you canceled in 2021. Imagine. Yeah, like, yeah. and like, I'm like scared to tell that story because I'm like, am I going to offend anybody by telling them that? Yeah. Well, you yeah. weren't making the decisions, and look at you now, all wrestling is nowadays is intergender. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, were, we yeah. talked about yeah. that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, about, you know, yeah. that's yeah. a trending topic. I just remembered I had no idea what I was doing or what I was getting into. It was just kind of like, you're ready to go? And I'm like, I guess so. And 
Just from, and from there, I was wrestling every Tuesday and Saturday when I could. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to, if I, I might have to wrestle the first match and then I'd referee the whole show after that. So, so Brandon, you are an example of something that rarely, rarely happens in this day and age, and that is someone truly being broken in to the business mm-hmm. from refing to your first bump, right. to training, to then not even knowing when it's going to happen. Hey, you get in the ring, we're going to put you in a match, you're fighting mm-hmm. this girl. And you're like, okay. So that's, a, that's an amazing story to hear you coming up by being broken in that way. Didn't you rock bottom me? So, story oh, is, I didn't, I didn't even know Dan at the time. I, he just came in, you know. I, I, I really, put you I, over like a million bucks. He, he, sure did. he did. Yeah. He, he did. Like, he came, like, it was South High in Hagerstown. <clears> and he was wrestling is. Rocky DeCola and... Uh, he came in. I didn't know who I didn't know who corporal punishment was. I, I had no idea. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. I knew who corporal punishment was. No, I really what? didn't. No, I, I, I had no idea. And he came in and like they went. They put this whole match together, and uh, I just remember he was just all all about you know making his opponent look good. You always like it wasn't about you. You wanted to make your opponent look good, and you he just sold his ass off the whole match. I just remember. Bumping off the guardrails and everything else, and at the end of the match, he just like, for some reason, he lost and like he got mad and he pushed me, and I remember him being like, "Just give me a rock bottom," and I was like, "What?" And like, <laughs> I'm like a hundred pounds, and he's like, it's huge compared to me, two seven, yeah, and I'm like, rock bottom, bam, and the and the crowd just went crazy. Wow. And then I think, and, he, and, and then I think, he, got that check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I got back. And then he got back up, and I think I gave him a stun or two after that. Did wow. you sell any gimmicks that night? No, no, I had no, I, I didn't have any gimmicks. Yeah, you wouldn't want to hear a little kind of school, you know? Yeah, That's well, the Rock right, Roll Express. Right. You got to, yeah. He'll puts the baby face over. Baby face gives him a little cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of gimmick money. <laughs> that's awesome, but that's great also to hear, like, not only were you broken in, but you have all these experiences where I call those audibles, and they yeah. still happen to me to this day as an announcer, I won't know what's going on, and someone will, like, say something to me in the ring, and I'm like, okay, we're going with it, um, and that's a lost art, I wish that the, the kids got, and we mean the younger students that yes, have come right. up underneath us. Although you ex- were an actual kid when some of this was taking right. place. Right, yeah. yeah. I wish that they would get to experience that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with our special guest, Brandon Scott. Okay, we're going to take one more break. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW Cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash MCW cast and for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and receive several special perks. That's buymeacoffee.com backslash MCWcast. You can also contribute directly on Cash App, MCW Wrestling, or on Venmo, MCW-Wrestling. You can also show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com backslash stores backslash MCWcast to pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise 
from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Also, don't forget to comment in the threads on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode. And you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag AskMCWCast. Thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Um, Brandon, so after uh, after a couple years um, getting in, starting out as a referee, um, help me uh, help me clear my head here. You started, you were coming up to the shows, like getting into MCW. I think we were running at the green room at the time, right? Is that one? Yeah. So the story was, uh, I'd been wrestling at the House of Pain for forever, and I hadn't even ventured out to you know do other independent promotions and. Uh, Finally, you know, it got to where, like, nobody was showing up and, like, could, they couldn't put on the Tuesdays and Saturday night shows. And, like, I wanted the more experience. I wanted to, you know, venture out and, you know, get better and, you know, work better people to get better. And uh, so I started doing a bunch of independents. And, you know, I always heard of MCW. It's the best, you know, on the East Coast. I, I feel like it's probably one of the best independents, you know, in the United States. And uh, Yeah, keep going. You want me to keep going? It's the truth. It's the truth. If you look at the DVDs over there. Uh, you already got a job here, mm-hmm. buddy, but go ahead. Yeah, but I want to I wanna be around, you know? That's right. Even longer. Yeah. Cement yourself. He wants to be the next Shane Shamrock. Right. I want to be, be the longest. Re- By default, you might be. I mean, I, might, I, might, be, be, I yeah. might be, right? So you started <laughs> popping up. I remember you coming around. That What year was that? 2014. Uh, 24. Uh, it might have been 2013, 2014. Yeah. We ran to the green room until when? 2014. 2014. We had yeah. started running here, but we were still having shows we're at the green still room. Doing, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Okay. And uh, Dick would always be like, I'm going to get you down at MCW. I'm going to talk to Dan, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if he ever he really did. did. He did. But he, he would always be like, I'm talking to Dan. I'm going to get you in. Like, I'm going to help you out. That's how it used to be. And, you uh, got in. Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, it was not happening. Like, I'd never heard anything. Uh, every time I'd see Dick, he's like, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him. <laughs> So I well, it's a battle. It really is. It's the one thing from the promoter's standpoint, and um, I mean, still, even with what we're going on right now, we haven't had shows in nine months, and I mean, I still get people, you know, hit me up on Facebook, and um, Tara just today had mm-hmm. someone reach out to you and um, about booking, and it it's like you know, it's only so there's only so many spots on the show. Right. There's only. Mm-hmm. Eight or nine matches on a show, you can figure that out if you do a couple tag matches. So there's only so many spots. So when you have, you know, 25 spots on a show and you literally have a couple hundred people all the time trying to get on, mm-hmm. um, it's only so. And, and you were in a little bit better position then because we didn't have the school. Now, you know, our students really are our priority for new guys coming mm-hmm. in. As they come up, we try to work spots. But it's the one thing from the promoter, and then I'm always the bad guy. Um, you know, we're seen to be people get mad or what a jerk. He's a jerk. He doesn't return. He, you know, like just because I, I won't. But so, so at that point, we didn't have, we hadn't reopened the school. So it was a little bit better, but still, you're getting hounded all the time. But somehow you caught my attention, I guess, and kind of broke through. Maybe I, I don't Yeah. Remember. So the story is, I don't know if you remember, like I ended up. Facebook messaging Dan on my own and they're like, Hey, uh, I don't know if Dick's talked to you, but I, I like to come down to MCW and work for you guys. And he ended up reading me like right away and he wrote me back, which I was kind of surprised. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think 
I was even going to get read and like <laughs> responded to. But I remember he wrote me back and he was like, hey, I know who you are. I think I was like, I think I took a rock bottom from this kid and he probably owes me some gimmick money. <laughs> uh, uh, Dan, Dan likes it when you make like kind of ballsy moves like that. Like if you just hit the promoter up, like yeah. you were saying about Lionel and Patrick, they would hit you up, you know, and you'd be like, this, this kid's got balls, you know. Right. So that's probably, you know, just being like, hey, I'm going to talk to you, you know, I don't know, you know. Yeah, like, and he was like, uh, he was like, he's like, hey, I know who you are, uh. Dix mentioned you. He's like, just right now, we we just don't have anything open. He's like, we're full right now. And he's like, just uh, give it some time. And he's like, when something opens up, I'll hit you up. And I remember I went down to the green room and I watched uh, I watched one of the shows. And the, the match that I remember standing out was Drolix and Vader. And I remember Drolix was... I remember that Drolix was like so... like. Like he was like Vader the night with Vader. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> hey, on that night. Yeah, did I talk to you that night? I, I don't think so. But I don't I remember, think he, I, Sonny was there too. But like, yeah. I, oh, this is the night. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who was? Uh, or did you have carpentry experience? That may have been why I talked. To you. <laughs> no, but I, I just remember like like I talked to Drawlings like that night, and I remember like he put a knife in his knee pad because he was so scared. Like he was like a Vader, you know goes hard on me, you know, I'm going right. to have to pull this out. James was so green at that time that he thought that Vader was going to, like, legit F him up. Yeah, like, he was ready to stab him, if anything, got crazy. It's a true story. Yeah, I remember that. I, uh, he had it in his knee pad the whole match. He's like, this dude goes at me, I, I'm going to stab him, you know? That's old school, but yeah. Vader was a little too old, yeah, I think, to... Yeah. So, so to just cut you off or pause you for a second... Um, so that night, they, it was the worst, one of the worst experiences I've ever had as a promoter, first of all, leading up to, and not to talk ill of the dead, it is what it is. He was a nice guy, but um, he was a nice guy, but I think I changed his ticket, and it was, was that like a day or two after Christmas? That I don't remember. I feel like it, it was, was, it was, no, it was a July show. It was right after Christmas. It was right after Christmas. I thought it was spring. No. Well, there's one way we can find out, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll look well, it up. Jamie? Yeah. Or Jamie. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of our own Jamie here. Yeah. But his name's John. So yeah, pull it up, John. Um it, so it was uh he, he made we changed his ticket probably ten times over the course of two weeks. It ended up costing us with change fees and everything. It was insane because he kept, oh no, I want to come in at this time and then we we do it, and then I'd talk with people, and they'd say, oh, yeah, Vader's tough, man. He's, like, just kind of just does stuff to aggravate you. And um, so we kept changing. And then he was like, well, I want to stay an extra two days in Baltimore. I can't remember why he said why. Um, and then, then he's like, oh, no, I don't want to. I leave the next day. It was, it was crazy. So then he gets there, and we're in the back, and the green room was an open mm-hmm. area in the back. The locker mm-hmm. room was open. And he's huffing and puffing, and he's not in a good mood. And then he pulls me. He's like, "Hey, you know, come here. <laughs> Want to talk to you? You know what I mean?" And I, I sit down. He's got his bag. He's getting ready to go do autographs before the show. It was December twenty eighth. I told yeah, you, you're right. It was right because that's what he was. One of the changes he was going to come in Christmas Eve. He was going to mm-hmm. come in Christmas Eve. Thanks, John. Um, and. And then he was like, I'm just going to come in before Christmas so I don't have to. Then he was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to stay at Christmas with my family. It was that. But anyway, he gets, and it's, and it's, um, it's, uh, and, and he's like, this isn't going to work. 
this isn't going to work. You know, and I'm like, what's not going to work? And he's like, this. And I'm like, what's this, Mr. Vader? Yeah. You know, and he's like, um, I get my own locker room. And I said, um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm looking around. I'm like, this is what we got. And he's like, it's not going to work. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, basically, like, threatening to leave. Well, you remember, the last thing he said to you when he walked off was, well, we're going to have to change something about this. And yeah, he walked right. off from Dan, <laughs> right. the promoter, because there was not a separate area no for separate him election. to change it. But he came back, and he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop. He went and signed autographs, and he wouldn't stop. And then I finally said, and he's like, he says, did you figure something out? And I said, well... I can go across the parking lot to the Walmart or the Home Depot on yeah. the street. And I can get some drywall and some studs. So and I, I can I can build you an office. And he goes, Yeah, you can. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. But you were hot about it. I remember because at one point I asked you something and you were like, I can't believe this guy. Like you wouldn't like, stop. Yeah. But God bless Sonny. She was late too, wasn't she? No, she, she, was, there. No, she was right on time that oh, night. Let me tell you. Yeah, I got nothing but positive stuff. All you know, <laughs> people say what they want. All I can say is my experiences with them. And Sonny went over and just she had known him for years and was she just calmed him down. talking him and calmed him down. She said, "Danny, you need." I said, "Yes, please." You know, because he was getting fired up. He mm-hmm. was like, he thought I was serious about going to get freaking drywall and a stud. The show starts so, in 30 right, minutes. Right, that's what I yeah, remember. That's yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to build you a locker room. Like, he was serious. Is he going to do that? He was serious, and then he thought. So, yeah, that was... Lord. So, that was that yeah. night. So, that was a crazy, stressful night. And that Lord, was the night that, that you a... first checked us out. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Like, I've been on shows with him, and, like, I felt like he was never... Like, he's always been in the locker room with everybody. Like, he changed in the same locker room. So, that's mm-hmm. just, like... Yeah, I think yeah. he was just trying to be... I did a... I did a change. I'm he sorry. was oh, doing no. a really good job of it. <laughs> All right. Let's be that. fair. It was not the nicest locker room. You know? I mean, it was not the cleanest. It was not... But... We, nobody else ever had a problem, you know, kind of changing in there. Well, I remember, I remember you know, Mickey I mean, it, it changing on the floor was. next to Christian. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, she didn't care. And at, at that point, she was way more relevant yeah. than the man they called Vader. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there were worse, that's for sure. I've been in worse ones as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it, it, what did he think was going to happen? I remember that night. Crystal clear. I remember that in my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a crazy. So that was the first night you came. So now it's kind of coming back to me. So your first spot i gave you was a shamrock cup right yeah so okay because i remember now you're right so now i remember the conversation i remember we had something a spot open i was like you know what i'm gonna call that kid brandon scott so now i remember yeah it's weird like he was like you know just you know give it some time and i'll message you back and i don't remember how long it was it might have been a few months or whatever but he ended up messaging me back and he was like so this was december so we just got the date we just confirmed december 28th december 28th so that was that Shamrock Cup, which was July. So it was a few months later. Yeah, I remember you used to wear a choker. Joe Dakota, was that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah that's first it right there. When you first came out, you wore a choker. Mm-hmm. Gosh. I always remember you had a really... Oh, there goes the choker. Uh, I always remember you had a really fast-paced, like, spastic style. It was like like... Really, a refreshing explosive energy. Yeah, it was it was it was refreshing to see that in the MCW arena. 
when you first broke onto the scene. And you were in um well that may that may not have been your first night because that's here in Joppa. That, that's, that's my first night. That's mm -hmm. a Shamrock Cup. No, was that a qualifying match? Oh, that was a, that, yeah, that, 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 that was a Shamrock Cup. So, yeah, so like okay. yeah. He, so he, the, so then the Vader show that was towards the end of our run. Oh, right, right. The green room. The green room. Okay, you're right. you're right. We yeah. had like a February show there, and then we had. So that might have been around. Was that the show where you announced that we signed the lease here? I'm trying to remember. I know that I it was remember. right around that but time. It was yeah. years, Tara. It's really big years, you know, like. I got a lot of CTE I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's yeah. it's know. crazy. I um, like I didn't know what to expect like coming into the, you know, the Shamrock is it's the biggest show. So you didn't wrestle at the green room. We, no, we I didn't. Came in, we were that was towards the end okay. of Okay, so that makes sense and then that that was the Shamrock up here then. Yeah, and I remember like you took everybody out the back very back here cuz Mike Johnson was in the house that night and he was on commentary and I remember he, like you were like Make sure you go out there and you know you show your stuff and give it give it your all because Mike Mike Johnson from the PWI is in the house. PW Insider. Yeah. Right, yeah. So like, I just shout remember. out to Mike Johnson. Yeah. Shout out to the Mike. The real true journalist and professional wrestling great guy. So I I didn't know Mike at the time either, but after my mat like after the end of the night he came up to me Mike and I remember he was like he's like he, I've never seen you wrestle before but he's like you did a great job out there and you had probably one of the best wrestling matches of the night because it was actually mm -hmm. not just. This flying spot fest with the flippity dippity and all that stuff that You're I can't working. do. That I can't do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can try to flip, but it probably won't look pretty. So, well, no. But like, yeah, that was my first first experience with MCW, and I didn't know if I was going to be back. Like, I had no idea when I was coming back or if it was going to even happen. So, right, because just getting a shot on the Shamrock Cup does not guarantee you a spot on the MCW roster. Because that's one thing that's been unique about the Shamrock shows over the years is that we bring in people from all over the place. You know, and it's, it's a cavalcade. Exactly. So, so yeah. I just kind of just sat there and I bought my time to see when I was coming back in. I remember they had an event in September that I wasn't on, so I was like, they're not going to bring me back. You know, that was my thought. Probably they're gonna, De Rosa's. They're not going to bring me back. Probably and then, so. yeah. And then October came and. Uh, you guys brought me back for an event, and then from there, it was just kind of like I was full-time on the mm -hmm. MCW roster, which was unusual for people. You know, you get the one and done or yeah. one or two times, you know, in the whole year, but, like, I became part of the family, which was it's awesome. I love it here, so. And then you, you started to carve a legacy for yourself here in MCW, and I think one of the most fun parts about your history here is we talked about that time you appeared in the Shamrock Cup qualifier, but haven't you been in a lot of Shamrock <laughs> Cup contests over the years now? So I think I've been in the most repeated ones. I've been in six in a row. In a row, right? In a row. Yeah, you were in every year. Wow. After that. Every year after that. Of qualifiers, right? You know what that makes you? JR would say that makes you a blue chip player. If you came for our Super Bowl, our WrestleMania, the Cup, and you impressed that much that you kept being bought back for that, that... That, like, puts you in the League of Amazing Red, Reckless Youth, the guys that we were like, this person's got to be back for the yeah. Cup to make it that all more exciting. So that's right. very impressive. And it built such a momentum, too, because the fans really got behind. So each year it was like, oh, he got a little bit closer. He got a little bit closer this year. Is this year going to be Brandon Scott's year? So, and then I was in the yeah. finals, the final two with Joe Keyes mm -hmm. back in 2018, and, like, Everybody thought it was my year. I that remember year. that. Everybody, that was an exciting one. Everybody thought it was my year. So I even thought it was my year. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, things 
just weren't meant to be that year. So You know what the thing is? You paved the way for Brandon Scott to become the mayor. Because once we saw you as the winner of the Shamrock Cup, we thought <laughs> we need another Brandon Scott to win here in the Baltimore, Maryland area. And the funny thing about the very next the Shamrock Cup on one, I wasn't even supposed to be in. Like, I wasn't even announced to be in the Shamrock. That was you and Sanjay, Two Cold Scorpio. It was it, no, Joe Key's one, right? Yeah. That year, yeah, mm-hmm. but the the following year, the the one that I won. Okay, that I wasn't there for that. So the one that I won in twenty nineteen, I wasn't even supposed to be in. They were just having me face Ryan in a uh, in a kendo stick match because I had a whole story program with Ryan, and uh, everybody, I guess, like they wanted to see like you know what was going to happen, like because they didn't announce me for the cup, and like everybody's like, why is Brandon Scott not in the cup? Why is he not in the mm-hmm. cup? And uh, they did this whole voting where it. The majority showed, you know, they wanted to vote me in to, you know, be in the cup. So, yeah, because it, like everybody felt like it was my year and I did, too. So, you yeah. know, and I didn't want to miss it again. You know, like I was on a roll, mm-hmm. even though I was on a losing roll. I was on a roll. You kept on coming back. <laughs> yeah. You built what we call emotional attachment. Yeah, they got right. attached to you as a part of MCW. I can relate, Tara. I know mm-hmm. you can relate. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to have you back. And our fans are very vocal about what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Tip of the cap to you, young man. Yeah. Six Shamrock Cups yeah. in a row. I don't think anyone else... I want to ask the people, can anyone else think of a, a, a kind of record like that? Ask MCW. Let us know in the hashtag. A, a one in five record? Can anybody think of that? Well, I mean, you don't... <laughs> hey, there's, there's, a, there's not a whole lot of names on that trophy. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. And I want to throw it to our a question to our fans at Ask MCW Cast, but also to you, Brandon. So when we are able to have the next Shane Shamrock Cup, who would you like to face off against? And fans, who would you like to see in the finals in the next Shamrock Cup? Oh, man. Well, you're going all the way to the you're, – you're already I'm already buy. in the finals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so who would you like to see across the ring from you? Have you been following uh, – so uh, as a you know add-on to Tara's question, have you been following the Indies since you've kind of been – I know you – some guys are getting out there and tra- traveling to Florida or wherever they can to work, but are you kind of paying attention to the Indies still or have you pushed pause and – tied up with wedding things and stuff like no, that. No, I, I keep a you know, I keep an eye on my social media to see, you know, what's active and what, you know, promotions are running, but th- there's very limited promotions that are running and to to get into those promotions it's it's very hard and like yeah. uh, it, you just you know, you have to have your connections to get in and sometimes they're really far away and uh, I don't mind doing the distance but it's just who they want, you know, that night. So it's kinda like the MCW thing. You know, there's only so many spots yeah, for guys. You're too good for a lot of those outlaw mud shows that are running right now. That's, you know, that's, why that's I'm just, the thing. I'm just like, saving my yeah. body, and right. you know, because you, you you have a bump card. You only have so many bumps, and right. like I learned that, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. But yeah. like being in the cup, uh, it's cr- I don't know, man. There's so there's so much talent out there, and uh, definitely I would love to uh, you know get in the ring with uh, Leo again. Well, and the one thing about the cup, I've always said this over the years, and um, you know, I started it. It was it was mine and Earl the Pearl's idea back in 1998 when Shane Shamrock died. That that guy loved wrestling so much, and he trained with us that we wanted um, we wanted to do something to keep his name alive. So that he's because you see people pass away in wrestling and they're forgotten. And um, it was important to us and the people in that locker room at that time that we do something to keep Shamrock's memory alive. But over the years, it's grown to where it's really our WrestleMania. And it means as much to our fans as it does to us. Like, every year, 
you know, I, and I see and I'm like, you can just feel that the Shamrock Cup is special to the people in the audience. So that makes it special mm -hmm. to the guys competing. And I'm sure you could probably kind of talk about that. It feels yeah. like a big deal. It and does. I, Every year, like, I I wanted to I, I wanted to win. Like, like, it's just what I wanted. Like, that was, like, the thing that I wanted to do most in MCW is win the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup. Uh, it's just, it's the biggest feel. It's our Super Bowl. It's our WrestleMania. That's exactly what it it's, is. It's just... It's everything that everybody knows about it, and you—if you see the names on the trophy, yeah, there's just a list of talent: Christian York, Joey, Joey Mercury. You got uh, Adam Leo Cole. Rush, Adam Adam Cole. Cole. Sammy Callahan, Sammy Callahan, Drolix, Drolix. The, yeah. the, the list just goes on. I mean, Luke Hawks. You got all those guys that have won that, and I'm just—I'm proud to be on that that trophy. So you know what I'm thinking here, because mm -hmm. you just got the gears turning in my head. I want to throw this out to fans, to Dan, to Tara. You mentioned you'd love to get in there and see Leo Rush across the ring from you. What if the next cup that we did was all former finalists? You know, yeah, um, where is, you know, or former winners. That's what I mean. Former winners. Winners. Yeah. Oh, wow. The gears are turning right now. I mean, I know we're a long right. way away, but that just you saying Leo. I'm thinking, well, Leo's a former winner. You're the current. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome if there were all former winners. Yeah. That we're somehow involved in the next cup that we do. Mm -hmm. Food for thought. Let's uh, real quick take another brief break. We have a very important uh, commercial that we want to we want to deliver to you about a very important topic coming up. So stick with us, and um, we'll be right back. Suicide is a preventable health problem and a leading cause of death in the United States. On average, in 2020, 132 Americans died from suicide each day. A total of 48,344 lives were lost, and 1.4 million Americans attempted to end their own lives. Of those lives lost, 90% had a diagnosable mental health condition at the time of their death. Nearly 1 in 12 adults report having depression, with women twice as likely to be affected as men. Help is available. If you or a loved one is in need, call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24 hours a day at 800 273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org All right, we want to show that very special video again because based on the positive feedback we got when we aired it uh, when we were talking about Eric Chapel, you know, we really believe that, that that mental health is an important issue and should be addressed and not swept under the rug. So we just wanted to put that out there and let our listeners and viewers know that if you are struggling, please reach out. There is someone that will talk to you. 100%. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Eric Chapel. That's right. Now, uh, Brandon, to get us back on track here, stay on target. You came, you saw, before you were able to conquer and become Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winner, I remember there was a milestone in your career, and it involved the NWA World Championship held by Nick Aldis. Now, I wasn't here at MCW at the time that that match went down, but I remember that it was talked about amongst many circles. Did you see that? Did you see that match? And I, I was... You know, like, I know Brandon, I, it was Brandon Scott, I know it was a great match, because he always has great matches, but can you speak a little bit about what it meant, the, the feelings that were going through your mind, your body, as you were having what was heralded as, like, a five-star match after it was all said and done? Yeah, like, it was unbelievable just to even be in the ring, you know, wrestling for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, 
because I grew up watching the NWA with my dad, NWA WCW. So like it was like full circle yeah. to be able to like actually wrestle in front of my father for this title, which like meant the world to me because like that's what he, him and his father grew up watching. So it was like a whole full circle thing and being able to do that and uh, to be in the ring with Nick. Nick is just. He's a treasure, man. Like he's so good, and uh, he's and unbelievable. He I, is. I, <clears throat> he's so good. I just I can't believe he's more like not on a national basis. I know NWA is, but like I feel like he should be higher than what what he is. Well, sometimes you know, after it's all said and done, you find out that someone is actually a lot higher, even without the contract. You know, right. it, can, it, it, that is true. You know? That is true. To Journeyman is what I'm talking about. You know, the old school. And if we could touch on this for a minute from a, a, again a promoter standpoint like you said the buzz um <clears throat> leading into that show when we we did this match um it was something where talking with the people from the nwa they wanted nick was traveling around he was doing nwa world title matches um and they reached out about an opportunity and we you know brandon was a guy that had you know been around the indies busting his butt um and it was it was just kind of a side note. One of the things like we talked about a couple of weeks ago was putting teams together, and all of a sudden, like we talked about the Exaraj, and they mm-hmm. they they all they went all in, and they ended up becoming a really good team. This was a match that we thought would be good, but something organic happened that night. A chemistry happened that mm-hmm. night between Nick and Brandon, um, and something special where you could feel during the match as the match went on, watching it. You could feel the audience being sucked in um, to the match, and it, and that happened organically to where um, by the end of the match uh, there was a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Nick won; he retained the NWA title. But it was one of those moments that you got goosebumps. You couldn't help but have goosebumps just from the reaction and from the way that the people were sucked into the match. And that's I, that. Then that match kind of created a, a legend, I guess, on its own. Where it created that buzz where people were talking about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you just like. I didn't realize, like, you know, I thought the match was good, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was, like, great. And, like, after the match was said and done, because people, like, they thought I was going to win legit. Like, they, like, you could just feel it. Like, you know how you can feel that when you're in the ring wrestling? Mm-hmm. Like, all the, like, you just, I thought that, you know, like, I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to win, you know? And yeah. then, then after the match, when it was all said and done and Nick had his hand raised, it was just, like, everybody, everybody in the MCW arena stood up and gave the standing O. And, like, that was probably one of the best films I've ever had. Like, it just, it meant the, it just meant the world. Like, just to have that, you know? It's a, it's a different feeling than just, you know, the aftermatch clap. Yeah. When you get that standing O, it's like, you did something special. Yeah, because that's not something that can be forced. That's something that the people give you. That's that moment where you've sucked the people in. Um they're into the match, they're on the edge of their seat, and then that that's real emotion when you draw that real emotion and then you get that. That's that's an organic moment that um it's hard to duplicate. It can't be duplicated all the time. So I wanna take we wanna take and show the people the clips that we put together of that match and then also show them an interview because a couple months had passed, but Nick actually reached out and Nick wanted to give you a rematch. So we'll show the people the clips from the match. And then the interview that Nick said, um, where it actually was, Nick wanted to come back and he wanted a rematch with Brandon Scott. This was the NWA world champion calling the promoter saying, hey, I want to come back. And me and Brandon created something special and I want another match with you.
NWA World Titles on the line. Brandon Scott has been on this crusade of gold. He's become obsessed with becoming a champion. And Nick Alden, he has been on the all this crusade, the prestige of the NWA World Title. Brandon Scott not backing down. The new champion, though. Brand is still coming at him. Look at him. Nick Aldis in trouble with his NWA World Championship on the line. And he's got the submission in the middle of the ring. We're going to have a new champion here. Aldis oh. pulling through again to that bottom rope. And now Sherman's down and Aldis picking out. And again, Brandon, like Back a pit in the middle of the ring again, trying to reach the sanctuary that bottom rope. And he's got that cloverly, that clean slid cloverly, and cinched in. Brandon's fighting it. Brandon's desperately trying to get to the bottom rope! Oh, and all and Brandon's got a tap out! And a standing ovation from this crowd. What a fight that was for the NWA World Championship! If there's one thing I've proven time and time again, it's that I'm a man of my word. And once upon a time, I faced Brandon Scott at the MCW arena with the 10 pounds of gold on the line. And I will admit that I underestimated him just a touch and he took me to the limit. I was very impressed. And I shook his hand, looked him in his eye, and I told him that any time he could have another shot. Obviously, we had a bit of a roadblock in between now and then. But now all is right with the universe, and here I sit once again, the NWA World's Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. So Brandon, guess what? On November the 9th at the MCW Arena, you get another shot. Oh, but a couple of small details. This time, I will be accompanied by my new insurance policy, Camille. And seeing as I'm feeling a little traditional, and we've got to give the fans something different, it's called being a businessman. I decided this time, if you're really going to prove that you belong in the contender's bracket for the 10 pounds of gold, this time you got to hang with me for two out of three falls. It's going to be a long night. But by the end of it, you will know why I'm the national treasure and the world's champion. All right, so <clears throat> there we are. Nick Aldis, the NWA world champion. 
Um, and he called, reached out to me. The NWA reached out and they wanted to make this match happen. So we get to Autumn Armageddon, right? It was Autumn Armageddon. Yeah, we did two was... out of three falls. Because actually, <clears throat> Nick, too, what happened was we started putting that match together. But then he lost the NWA title to Cody Rhodes. We started talking about it. We lost the NWA. He lost the NWA. Then he won it back. He lost, he lost, and he won it back. And then we got together and put this match on, and that's when Autumn Armageddon was put together. Two out of three falls. That was crazy, too, because I didn't expect that to happen. And uh, Dan called me up and was like, hey, uh, Nick wants to challenge you. Uh, he wants to offer you a match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And not only is it just you know a regular match, it's going to be a two out of three falls match. And like it just blew my mind uh, because I didn't expect it, you know, to happen again or even that soon um but i'm glad it did because you know the fans a lot a lot of people are just asking for that match they they wanted it to happen and uh and i just hoped like when we had that match that it was going to live up to the hype of the first match because sometimes you just you can't create that magic the second time or third time it just it may not feel the same but uh it was great having the opportunity you know to wrestle for the the title again and uh actually got a pinfall when they called us. So, and you, yeah. you bring that up. You bring that up, and that is something that kind of happened. It fell short. Something was off. Um, you know, that Matt, you, it just wasn't clicking. You know, yeah, was, I, I, was, I uh, felt the same way. It's, <clears throat> And I don't know if it, it had to be with it being two out of three falls and, you know, it's just that match structure about, of how it was or, like, just the fans were did you did you psych yourself out? Maybe like did you did you psych yourself out? Was it like a because all that happens? We've all <clears throat> been in. I I I've performed and wrestled and all too, but um, you know it, it definitely it it just it didn't it didn't recreate that magic that happened. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> it's totally a shame that it did. Not that it was a, a bad match or terrible match, but no, it, it just it, that it, organic feel that um that the first match. Well, well, real quick, right before we went to the footage of the first match, Dan, you said eventually Nick Aldis called you back, and I made a quick comment. I said, yeah, he smelled money. I want to, you know, clarify that for Nick and for our fans. I'm not talking about a dollar amount. What I meant by he, he smelled money was he knew that you were a worthy, good opponent that could motivate the crowd and create that right. emotional attachment, and maybe it was him striving to recreate that in his crafting his lineage as a champion. Like, I right. want to go... It's, not, it's very much a Ric Flair, Terry Funk, kind of the old-school NWA, Cody Rhodes right, even. We're going to have these great matches, right? Right, we're going to have great matches. And maybe it was him trying to achieve that brass ring again with you and then incorporating the two out of three falls that really kind of made it a little... Yeah, it, I mean, two out of three falls is definitely a more <clears throat> difficult match than you expect it to be compared to just wrestling a one-fall match. And I don't know, man. It's just... It, it's weird, like... Once you have that hype from the first match, mm -hmm. like you, you expect that second match to be better, and not all the time right. it happens, and it doesn't. Like you were saying, it wasn't a bad match; it just didn't live up to the hype of the first match, and I, I felt that too. Like when we came back from it, and I just don't know if it was like just us together that didn't click, or maybe the crowd just wasn't. You know, sometimes you know the crowd just falls flat too. So, and that can you know be a difference maker too sometimes. Well, let's uh. Can we take a look at some of that yeah, footage from the Autumn Armageddon event? I'd love to see that clash again. The following contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. And it is for the NWA World Heavyweight 
Championship! Nick Aldis is on top of the world right now, but that world could be shattered by Brandon Scott. Nick Aldis is a fighting champion, and that is what he is doing tonight. Taking on MCW's best in Brandon Scott. Look at the leverage. Shifted his Aldis face. is on top. Aldis got the first call. Now Brandon realizes his back is against the wall. He must win this fall or this match is over. Brandon has got to figure out a way to get out of this predicament he is in, courtesy of the NWA World Champion. Oh! Blockbuster! He did it! I can't believe he got it in! Aldis is out! Brandon Scott just pinned the World Champion! It's a title ring end right now. Brandon Scott realizing the golden opportunity he has. Brandon is hitting on all cylinders right now. Could this be Brandon Scott's night? We are tied at one fall apiece in this two out of three falls match. Go for the home run. It's the champion, and now look at the torque. I don't know how much Brandon Scott has left. No, he's still, I think he's out. Brandon's out. Well, I, uh, I was going to ask, again, I, I missed out on a lot of chunks of your career here in MCW Pro, but I was going to ask if it was in front of the Joppa crowd, if, if if right. the second, the best two out of three balls match was in front of the Joppa crowd, because again, with your legacy of captivating our audience, them building that emotional attachment to you, I'm thinking, well, if that second one happened out in Hollywood or one of our other places, maybe that was one of the reasons it didn't, it didn't really hit that home run. But it was right here in Joppa that you, yeah. you had that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you never know about the Joppa crowds. Sometimes they're on really hot, and sometimes. Not so hot. It's like Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood's special down there, too. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever been to any of the Hollywood? Yeah, I never, I never got a chance to venture out to the Hollywood uh, events ever. Yeah, um, with Hollywood, Hollywood is special down there. It's it like That's like uh, the MCW Arena, too. Um, the fans love it down there. I've heard good things. So it's like, yeah. here's the, the Royal Farms Arena out there is the Capitol Center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. It's definitely fun. We all enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy definitely going on. But the, the cool thing about that match even though like it didn't live up to the hype, like the best thing that happened was after the match. Uh, I don't know if there's clips or pictures or not, but like yeah, that was a cool moment. But you know, and I know it was cool for you and your dad. It was. Um, um, what, 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 so so Nick got on. You know, he he did his whole spiel, and he didn't like, tell you he was going to do. No, that. he did not tell me, and he was like, he's like, have your dad come in the ring, and. Uh, this is after the match. This was after the match. Uh, dad, my dad, you know, came over the barricade, got in the ring, and he handed my dad the title. And we shared the moment of holding the NWA World Heavyweight title up. Wow. So, which was just, just to kind of go back, like we talked about, um, <clears throat> we talked about uh, at the beginning, your dad was a, a wrestling fan. His dad was a wrestling fan. You became a wrestling fan. 
because your dad was taking you to the matches when you were six, seven, eight years old. So your dad took you to, you, you actually watched NWA world title matches with your father as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then here was your dad many, many years later for that same championship. Um, you, you, him watching his son wrestle for the NWA world championship. And then you guys standing in the ring, holding the belt together afterwards. Yeah, it's so. crazy. I mean, like, those are just things that you, like, dream of to happen. Yeah. And they actually happen, especially to have, like, a parent that supports you that much. Because you talk to a lot of the guys that, that are in wrestling, their parents don't support what they do. Or yeah. don't, like, they don't have their back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. my dad has always been there to have my back. And, like, he's always supported everything I've, I've done. Even though, you know, I haven't made it to that national TV level you know, he's he's always been there and, like, he does, you know, the best that he can being a single father. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and uh, <clears throat> it's good. My dad didn't. And um, I think my dad, uh, my dad ended up regretting not supporting <laughs> me as a wrestler. Do you remember the stories of the Iron Sheik putting, do you ever hear that story? Uh, well, the Christmas party, the Bone Breakers Christmas party. I mean, I was at a lot of those. Like, yeah, so the one, the only one with the Iron Sheik. Okay, okay, so I wasn't at that one. Yeah, I don't remember Sheiky being. So the Sheik was there. He would, yeah, of course, he was drinking. Corporal and uh, punch. this was like, yeah, yeah, Sheiky baby. <laughs> and the, and and I told my dad, I told Sheik there because he's like, oh, Danny Bubba, this is your father. And I said, yeah. And he, I said, I said. Yeah, he. I said the conversation came up, and he said, "I said he never, he never liked me in wrestling." I said, and he said, "Oh, he doesn't." And I said, "No, this is like the beginning of the night." He said, "Oh, your father a big jabroni." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, she." I said, "Yeah, he's a big jabroni. He never liked, he never supported." And fast forward like two hours later, he's in the ring doing clubs. Everybody's a lot more drunk that at that point, and. uh she, my dad ends up doing the clubs and he like fake falls down, like fake falls down and, and Sheik looks over at me and I'm like, oh my God. And I think like RJ and Shamrock were standing next to me and I'm like, I knew what he was going to do. And my dad's like on his stomach and Sheik does tweaks the mustache <laughs> and steps over my father and locked him in the clutch. You never heard the story? No! Oh, bro. Locked him in the clutch and cinched it up. And he's cinched it up, and my dad's screaming. My dad's face is red. He's like, Aah! you know what I mean? And we're freaking going bananas. Oh, you jabroni. Locked him in. And that's when, you know, he got up. My dad, like, rolls out of the ring, and he's like, that's for your jabroni father. <laughs> <laughs> he's stressing as a Yeah, I don't think you ever told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it like, definitely was before my time. That's 97, so yeah. it's like a legendary I story. I definitely heard that. The yeah. Sheik stretched my father. For yeah. being a jabroni and not supporting. So you know what? I maybe mean, did hear that, but I didn't tell if I was being ribbed or not. No, you it was know, true those, story. Yeah, those days. He put it on, man, and he oh, stretched wow. my dad. My dad's face was red. We're all screaming. My dad's like, ah! <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Those are like the memories that you you keep in like you hold close to your heart in wrestling. For real, like those are just the memories. I wish I was like around back then just to see that, like to hear the stories. They're great, but to be there to see it would be. Be even better. I'd right. love for Corporal Punch to make a return to one of that. You stopped playing with Corporal right. Punch. I mean, I, th I thought he was at one time, but. The well, no, no, the Corporal Punch was like these the two. Corporal Punch oh, yeah. Southern my, Comfort. The Corporal Punch. Uh, not secrets. Secret. Okay, wrestling. yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> the Corporal Punch was my, was my punch that I made for every Christmas party. 
And um, <laughs> you would be you if you got corporal punch, you were done. The two glasses, you were you were done. Yeah. Two glasses, we would be sleeping in the ring. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. leaning over and vomiting. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a couple Christmas parties where things kind of got out of hand. So mm -hmm. it was I had to self ban it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it make a return. One year, Jack Adonis or something, his car ended up on cinder blocks, and oh my god! And they and him and Steve they picked up a couple older drunk guys from the bar. <laughs> Uh, it was, yeah, it was the crazy shenanigans. Good. Like, and we'll save that like, for the blooper reel. Yes, indeed, okay. yeah. That'll get us kicked off YouTube, too, so probably talking about that too much. Brandon, I want to ask you about some of these memories. You're talking about making memories and everything. And one of our fans uh, from the MCW Coffee Club, Dan, uh, sent in a question that he'd like to ask you. And he wants to know, how did you feel uh, appearing on WWE TV as an EMT? Oh, it was great just to be seen on national TV. Who, who wouldn't want the exposure to uh, to work, you know, for a company that I've always dreamed of working for, even though it wasn't wrestling, refing, or whatever mm -hmm. it was. I was just a part of, you know, that. So I get to be seen on national TV. So the EMT thing, I did that. I've done that many times for WWE. So when you <clears throat> when you did that, didn't I make um, didn't I make a Facebook post like as a joke? Because I make a lot of stupid Facebook posts, but I made something and then like a whole bunch of people believed it. And then, right. And then like even our fans were. Yeah. So you made the post and I was tagged in it. So I opened up my Facebook after like were, it happened. Because it was on Raw or pay-per-view. Yeah, it was, right? it was a pay-per-view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I click on it and it's like Dan tagged me in something. It was like, I uh, just want to congratulate Brandon Scott for uh, uh, working his full nights and weekends to become a doctor, <laughs> uh, to earn his doctor degree from like the 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 University of Arizona or whatever whatever dumb right. College Just like that he congratulations, made up. he worked, he hid it from people, and he got his doctor's degree and got hired by WWE <laughs> as a doctor. So this Just post obviously tongue in cheek, but you're. Right. A you're the promoter, so people are going to take your word as the gospel. Yeah. They're going to think, you know, oh, Dan's reviewing All these fans are like, oh, my God, so he's like, a doctor. Like, right. 300 people like this. It had so many comments, and, like, my messenger was blown out. Congratulations on your doctor degree. Congratulations for getting hired by WWE to be a doctor. <laughs> and, like, I'm messaging him, and, like, he's, like, he had to, like, go on Facebook and be like, this was just a joke. Calm down, people. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, not a doctor. But it's really it shows not you, a though. secret that the indie guys are extras. Like, not anymore. Not, not anymore, yeah. It should be a secret, but I remember reading that. Like, those people, they, yeah. They ate it up. Like, they believed, like, I was working on my doc. I mean, I wish I was, but it didn't happen. No. Just to take back to another, to, to go back about my dad, this is another true story. In 97, when I did the cop thing and, in the arrested, garden. Yep. and I arrested Steve Austin on Raw, it was 97. <clears throat> I, my dad was still alive. He died like the next year. But he, like, when I did that, and I was on, again, this is like pre-internet mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, Monday Night Raw was highest, one of the highest rated shows on TV. I did it. And um, when I got back the next day, like, my mom called and she was like, man, your father is so upset. He was like rant. My mom's like, and I, I had called her like the day when I found out I was doing something. Like, hey, I'm gonna be on Raw in a segment. My dad was going nuts. He was like throwing stuff in the house. He said, "Dan, he's ruined his life. He's ruined his life. He's impersonating a police officer on television. He's gonna go to jail." 
He was convinced. Oh, bless his heart. He was. And my mom's like, he thinks you're going to go to jail because you impersonated a police officer. He knows his kid isn't a cop. No, he's like, he's not a New York City police officer. He can't do this. And my mom's like, mom, no. Like, it was part of, like, I didn't like, you know what I mean? She's like, he thinks you, like, went out there and said you were a police officer and you're not. I'm like... No. Mom. To get on TV. <laughs> to get on TV. And it was like, I'm not like it. You just put the uniform on and breeze through security. Yeah, Stop the like catering on the way. Right? Yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> thought. And I was like, no, mom. Like, and I'm going. She's like, you sure? He's sure of it. Like, he's calling his attorney. So that, <laughs> like, he really legit. He really did. He really thought he was convinced the next two days. You're going to you're going to need an attorney. Yeah, just you can't do that. You. you can't you can't impersonate a police officer. That's funny how your extra role in WWE, you know, your dad kind of was you know got you know was like all hot under the collar. Then yeah. you pull a rib on him for his extra yeah. role in WWE, and everyone blows him up too. It's just... <laughs> so the crazy thing, the first thing I did with WWE was uh, my first ever uh, time there. I did a segment with Roman Reigns. I was a security guard. And, uh, yeah, we had, you know, they, where the security got beat up. And late, they had the rehearsal before. And uh, they were like, who wants to go over the top rope? And I was kind of like, just like, raise my hand. And Road Dog's like, you can't go over the top rope. Like, and, like, they made me do it, like, to show them that I couldn't. I went right over. My shoe flew off and went over the announcer's table. They're like, just make sure, like, when you're on live TV, you, you tie your shoes because you don't <laughs> end up, like, getting sued or anything. Right. So I was... I was nervous. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous. And, like, when I ran out and did this segment with Roman, like, he went to throw me over the top rope, and I got stuck. And, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was, like, so embarrassed. I thought they were going to hate me for it. But I went over so hard, my face hit the mat, and, like, they sent the doctor out to check on me. And, like, they had me do the uh, concussion protocol and everything just to make sure I was all right. But uh, I ended up, you know, getting a bonus for that, for taking such a good bump on that. Oh, so. yeah, you get bonuses <laughs> when you do stuff, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's it's crazy, like, just, you know, to be to be in the ring like that. Like, my first time ever, I didn't expect that, you know, so. You've done a lot of those extra roles out there. You've been up there a bunch. A bunch of times, and I've been lucky, and I've had a few matches on TV. Uh, Bo Dallas. Bo, That's Bo right, D you did a 205 Live so, match or something. So, Bo Dallas was my first match. Mm -hmm. uh, that was on Raw. And uh, the second night was SmackDown in Philly, and uh, it was a dark match against Kurt Hawkins. He was actually making his debut back, but it was a dark. And uh, the Prince, yeah, it was the Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Arn Anderson came up to me and was like, "Hey, uh, you want to? I want you to do this dark match." And they gave me a promo to read that was like a paragraph and like talking about how I was from Philadelphia. And then I love the cheesesteak and the Liberty Bell. And, and I finally get to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I actually got to have this seven, eight-minute match with Kurt Hawkins where I actually got to, you know, do stuff and not just, you know, one move and you're done. So essentially, Arn Anderson came up to you and he said, you want to work? Yeah. And in did. so many words, he said, you want to work? Yeah. He and he gave, you, he gave you the words, you know, there's your character, here's what's going on. So he gave me, he's like, do you feel comfortable doing a promo? And I was like, yeah, like. And honestly, I didn't because it was in front of 15,000 people. But I'm not going to say no. Yeah, of course not. Oh, no, Mr. Anderson. I can't. No, but, not today. And, I'm and not they, feeling they were like, right. The writer would be about to give you, you know, the piece of paper for you to go over your, your, your paragraph or whatever mm -hmm. it was. So, And then, like, I just kept getting brought back. And I did uh, the 205 match against Ali. And, like, that was, a, that was such a good match, too. Like, I got 
good praises from that. So yeah, you know, you know what they used to call back in the old oh, days? Braun Strowman. You got thrown around by Braun too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Braun Strowman was one, and uh, that was against. Uh, was that was early hit- on when he was when he was? This was uh, right before WrestleMania, before he uh, was going to wrestle the two comedians from uh, Saturday, Night Live. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. And uh, it was actually me and Tahootie that actually trained here at MCW. So so where was this? This was in DC? So the 205 match uh, with Ali was in Richmond, which okay. was really cool because that, that was one of the first times my dad took me to a wrestling show was at the Coliseum. So mm-hmm. getting to wrestle there was awesome. And then... No, Richmond Coliseum. Yep, and then, I don't think that's even a thing anymore. I don't because think, yeah. The last time we did, did they, there, close they, it down? they were like, "We're going to close it, close it down." Like WWE ran there, and they were like, "We probably won't be back here anymore." I don't think any wrestling happens in Virginia anymore. Um, the, there's the, the, the scope. That's oh, that's right, the Norfolk. Yeah, where yeah. we were yeah. backstage yeah. together, actually. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and then the match with Braun that was in Baltimore, which was cool again because I got to wrestle in Baltimore again. So. We may have been together at that one. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. I remember seeing you back there a couple times, but um, yeah, a lot of extra work. Not just um, you know, when you were the EMT, but also a couple matches. And didn't I? Didn't I feed you too? Didn't I feed you a line to bury Danny Mays or something one time? Oh yeah, the, this was actually my first MCW Heavyweight Title match against uh, Ryan McBride. I was the MCW Rage Champion, and I remember like Dan was like. Because uh, Danny Mays had been saying the whole time, you know, like, you can't film, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all that Like, stuff. all night long, and the crowd was just kind of, like, irritated by it. They were getting pissed off. They were getting pissed off because he said it every match. It wasn't like I say it one time. He was saying it every match because people kept filming, and, like, they didn't want you to film. So, like, Dan was like, I want you to go out there, and I want you to tell <laughs> Danny Mays. <laughs> totally <laughs> Danny Mays. He did. Like, he had no <laughs> idea. He had, he had no idea, like, why I was, like, I pulled the mic or anything, but, like, Dan was just go out there and tell him to, you know, shut the, shut the hell up. <laughs> shut the hell up. And everyone popped for it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and, actually... and, I, and I wanted this filmed on documentary that I'm winning the MCW Heavyweight Championship, so. It's funny because I would always, oh, mess- I see, I see, so I stop telling them that. message and be like, uh, tell, I would always message him and the other ring announcers, tell them to stop filming, tell them to stop filming, because. You know, Rage TV has always been like my little pet project, and you know, I was always like, "No, no, we don't want them filming." <laughs> and I think that night, I think that night, so we were on different pages, and I was telling them, "Stop announcing that crap." <laughs> and Tara's hitting them on the headsets, going, "Tell them, tell them again." I so I'm anything. sitting there, and I'm going, "Why well, won't he stop announcing?" Oh, wow. And I grab Brandon, and I'm just like, "Come here." You know what I mean? You go out there. Six three hundred. I said embarrass Danny Mays. Yeah. So poor, poor oh. Danny Mays. I'm like just embarrass him. Yeah. Make him look like a fool. And it's because like she's she feeding, was... she's feeding the line. So poor Danny Mays. He's oh, like what? Yeah, he's like don't, don't left right. Tell right. Me yeah, yeah, they're exactly. still filming. They're not listening. Yeah, to poor you. Danny oh, Mays is the brunt of, of that. Of like Tara's feeding him on the headset. Like tell him announce it. And I'm telling him to stop announcing it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's yeah, that's funny. And like to be honest, like yeah, that Jeff, match that oh, now we're we gonna watch it. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, we don't see this often. No, we don't. <laughs> I said embarrass him. Look at him! Look at him! Danny Poor thing. Like, boo, Danny Mays. He has been telling you people all night <laughs> that you can't film. <laughs> So, 
not concerned, Danny. You can shut the hell up. I want documented when I can't That's my boy. It's about time. It's about time. I didn't even know that. That was a miscue on all of our parts. Poor Danny Mays got the brunt of it. But you know what I think is so special about it is at the beginning of this interview, we talked about Rick Steiner calling the audible to you in the ring, you not knowing what was going on. And a couple other times during your journey in the Indies, at that point, you're at the level where you're pulling the audible on the ring announcer. You're in charge. You're in control. And they're like, what the heck is going on? But it wasn't. Uh, you hadn't had those experiences, then you wouldn't have been a good leader to be able. Because Danny knew he was fine. You knew you weren't gonna like, yeah, was, you know, really embarrassed about there. But you, you were, you were a pro, and it takes you going on that journey uh, to make you one. You know something? I think at this point, mm-hmm. it's about time for one of my favorite parts where we talk of of any MCW cast. It's when we turn to MCW Pro General Manager Bill Stamper to fill us in with the Indie Roundup. Hey everyone, this is Phil Stamper with another Independent Wrestling Roundup. I'm so happy to see all of you. Unfortunately, I was unable to see people at my last event because my last event was canceled this past weekend um, due to a COVID-related concern. Fortunately, they were doing screening testing um, and unfortunately they had to cancel due to uh, finding a situation. So, uh, was very fortunate though the week before. I was able to connect with a, a wrestling company's school down in Virginia and do a clinic on promos and personalities in pro wrestling and that was a lot of fun. I don't get a lot of opportunity to work with a lot of training schools so that was really cool um, and then this coming week I'm going to be a part of uh, an, of a company called Enterprise Pro. They're doing a live stream to their Facebook page so brand new opportunity for me. I've never worked with them before so I'm interested in seeing what that's going to be all about. Um, you can also check out brand new footage over at IWTV. Um, this past Sunday, they aired Heavy Metal Wrestling out of Texas, their Death Bowl, as well as Camp Leapfrog had a new episode of Love Frog. You know, you might see a familiar face. Go check it out, IWTV.live. Brand new episode today over on IWTV of Action Class from New South Pro Wrestling. Um, Paradigm Pro's No Hook 2 on Wednesday. Hardcore Hustle Organization, otherwise known as H2O, on Saturday. And on IWTV this coming Sunday, they have First Wrestling from Minnesota, as well as Violence X Suffering from the New York, New Jersey area, airing on Sunday at IWTV.live. And then over on Fight TV, you can check out brand new episodes of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and from Ring of Honor. And then on Friday, a brand new promotion, Global Syndicate Wrestling, making their way to Fight.tv. Other live events that are going to be taking place uh, first on Thursday, WWA4 returns to Atlanta, Georgia, 127 Pro Wrestling comes to Grimsley, Tennessee. Then uh, on uh, Friday, excuse me, um, over in Alabama, we have Pro South Wrestling. Uh, we have in Florida, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling and Thunder Championship Wrestling. Pro Wrestling All-Stars of Detroit up in, up in Michigan. Resolute Wrestling in Tennessee. Big Time Pro Wrestling in West Virginia. And Rocket City Championship Wrestling in Wisconsin. Um, then on Saturday in Alabama, we have New South Pro Wrestling 
two events from Victory Championship Wrestling in Arkansas, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment, um, California Fist Combat, um, Denver, Colorado, Rocky Mountain Pro. In Florida, we have Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum. Yes, that Gangrel. Um, and Grind Time Wrestling. Pro Wrestling Georgia. Well, down in Georgia. As well as Renegade Championship Wrestling and West Georgia Wrestling. All have events this coming Saturday. In Illinois, Zawa. Um, in Missouri, WrestleMax. In Nebraska, Magnum Pro. Um, in New Jersey, Global Syndicate Wrestling, Hardcore Hustle Organization. Um, in North Carolina, American Lucha Wrestling. Uh, at also, Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment. In Oklahoma, we have Wrestling for a Cause. I've been watching them a lot lately. I'm, I'm really digging some of their stuff. Um, they're doing a lot of episodes that they're pushing out to their YouTube page, so make sure you go check that out. International Wrestling Cartel, IWC, out of Pennsylvania. Um, then in South Carolina, PWX, the Premier Wrestling Experience. Um, in Tennessee, we have Tennessee Wrestling Alliance. In Texas, Metroplex, as well as New Texas Pro Wrestling. Um, and then out of Wisconsin, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. And then on Sunday, Gangrel, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum presents a student showcase on uh, Sunday. In Iowa on Sunday, Liberty Wrestling Entertainment. Michigan has another event from Pro Wrestling All-Stars of Detroit. Out of Minnesota, First Wrestling. Um, out of North Carolina, Firestar Pro Wrestling. And on Tennessee, School of Morton. And we've talked about them before. Remember, you can check them out on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash School of Morton, ran by WWE Hall of Famer Ricky Morton, live on Sundays, 5.05, remember the 05, uh, 5.05 on their Facebook page with School of Morton. So a lot of action still coming your way, a lot of places. Uh, I saw as I was putting together the independent wrestling calendar this past week, a lot of places, unfortunately, had to cancel some events um, and relocate them to another point in their future. Some know, some don't yet. Um, so a lot of jurisdictions still dealing um, with uh, what's happening with the gimmick. Uh, and so they just got to deal with it and move forward, postpone events. You know, it, it is a bit cumbersome and it, it's, a, it's a big pain for a lot of people, but very understandable as to why in the situation that we're in. So that's the latest news that I have for you in this week's Independent Wrestling Roundup. I hope you're doing well and I will see all of you very, very soon. Show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. You can pick up a full line of official MCW Cast merchandise, from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Visit teespring.com slash stores slash MCW Cast. Indie Roundup, Phil, my favorite pro, even my second, well, our guest, <laughs> dude, but I just love hearing from Phil. I've known Phil for years, and the way that he, he said he had multiple screens going there, and I just love thinking of him at his control center. You know, uh, you don't coordinate all of indie wrestling. I just get a kick out of it. Uh, you just love getting filled in by Phil. Maybe we can get Phil in the studio one of these times. But also, right after Phil, <laughs> right after, we can fill you in in person. <laughs> yes, indeed, we could. I think that our our viewers would like that. Ask MCW. Uh, but not only Phil, not only thank you for the indie roundup, but what about our Teespring, our store on Teespring? Look at this, Tara. Look at this. That's right. Tara, I've never thought the logo could look so well, but in that Heather Gray crew neck, which is available at Teespring slash MCW cast, you yourself could own one. And hey, how about that mask? I'm digging that mask the most. A bikini wouldn't look bad either, right? <laughs> well, the devious Doc and Al Albert Also, we got the hoodie. I'm, I'm rocking the hoodie. I know that the good doctor, Dr. D, got himself a hoodie. And Man, Dr. D is hooked up. Uh, isn't he? Man, Dr. you D know, from MCW cast from head to toe. Absolutely. <laughs> and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Thank you, doctor. 
He's uh, definitely a big supporter of, of, of just the community. Everything, you know? everything man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody. Yeah, he's one of those true blue fans, not just indie wrestling, but MCW. We were talking about him mm-hmm. uh, last week. <clears throat> the Greg and Charles. Charles Donnie, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. All, all of them guys, man. They're uh, Bobby. Absolutely. Yeah. Bobby. They're our family. Huh? You know, they're extended family. I love me some Bobby. Yeah, where's he um, been? I haven't seen well, him. Well, where is everybody? Been? I mean, but like, he's, he's not posting on social media. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah, you do. Well, you know what the thing is? is social media, I feel like, has gotten a new level of toxicity mm-hmm. um, because of a lot yes. of other things that are going on. And some people... Politics and everything. Yeah. I've been... I've been I, got, I actually have a filter. It's a filter for Chrome. Mm-hmm. It's called um, Facebook Newsfeed Eradicator. So a lot of times, I don't even see what's going on on social media. I'll get on and post, but you, it, you lose your feed. You don't have your wall. Right, right. Like, I put that on six, eight months ago. Like, because of the toxicity with the mm-hmm. crazy with the elections and stuff like that. I had friends fighting over it, just saying ignorant stuff to each other. So you're right. It definitely has reached, like, levels of toxicity where, like, even I last. Like, man, I need a, I need a break. I don't need to see all this stuff. If I want to come in and post something or promote something or, or say something or see how one of my friends is doing, um, yeah, it was – I agree with you. So yeah. I've been kind of out of touch with a lot of people on social media just from that. Well, I'll tell you one thing real quick, and I don't want to stay on this too much. That's kind of why Twitter is my jammy. Out of all the social medias that's out there, I like Twitter because you you really can kind of curtail what your Twitter timeline is mm-hmm. looking like by mm-hmm. the people that you follow. So if you literally started Twitter, of course it's going to make you pick like, 10 people to follow, CNN, Fox, a couple celebrities. But if you only follow people in the wrestling community, essentially the only thing you're going to see on your timeline is what wrestling people are talking about. So, And and something I learned, just to add on to that, Mm -hmm. why I like Twitter too, it's become my choice. Because Dean taught me, I didn't even know, this is a couple months ago, because you can mute words. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's what, so not only did I do that and curtail, and I have, because I have political people on both sides, but, like, a couple months, I went on and I, I like, muted, like, Trump, Biden, Democrat, Republican. Like, yeah. I don't want it's because it's never anything nice. It's n- exactly. It's always something. Yep. That's so, right. I muted, and it just made, like, my Twitter feed is Street really line. appealing. Mm-hmm. And to it you. Doesn't, to me. To yeah. me. So, that, so, not only can you... You can follow the people you want, but if you know it's stuff that's going to be like, God, it's going to be nasty. Make you depressed. You can mute words. Yep. Yep. You can mute words on the Twitter timeline. I'm taking just... notes here. Oh, I'm, ready, Tara. I'm a Twitter it's a, newbie. We it's know in your this, settings. Okay? Like Dean taught me about that a couple months ago. I don't even know ago. what the settings are, Dan. Yeah, I'm... yeah. <laughs> it's easy. So that that's one of the things I like it because I was like, man, all this toxicity. And, and Dean was like, just mute the words. And Dean was like, hey, he said, I muted Trump, Biden, the Democrat, no Republican. Well, you learn I, something new every day. I'm not, I have no idea. I'm not big on social media. I just... I, I don't know. It gets overwhelming. So I uh, I decided that I would follow probably 50 fat cat groups on Facebook. So my news feed is pretty much just <laughs> chunky cats. Right. To be perfectly right honest. On. Yeah. I mean, and that's I, okay. I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. Because then I log in and I'm like, oh, look at that little guy right there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like, I got a chunky cat. He has his own Instagram. Like, you know, I like that. So I, I've kind of done that. But, uh, you know, the same thing with the filtering. Just a little less intentional. Yeah, Twitter's neat like that. Hmm. But Twitter, whoever you follow, that's who you're pretty much seeing right. the whole time. Yeah. Facebook, you if you're friends with them, you see every little personal mm-hmm. detail that they post. And like, that's, you know, Twitter yeah. is just all I see is wrestling stuff that's it mm-hmm. wrestling and football that's pretty much what mm-hmm. i follow so. for me twitter is the news the news okay. story last monday my whole 
and I thought that that was quite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like on Monday night, let's say I didn't watch the Monday night program, and I look on Twitter, I was laughing all night long because my news was about nothing but my hole. Right. Yeah. Right. And, so, and my news was about I'm here live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. The, the, uh, the judge, the who, lawyer, uh, the lawyer who did the. Uh, the best part is that it's actually on permanent record now. Him saying. What I didn't see that. I so there was there was a kind of actually you tell him you 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 know about it better. I than watched I. this clip literally fifty times. So there's a a, a, a court case. And they're doing it remotely. And the one judge joins in and there was a filter. <laughs> and so he's a cat, but not just any cat. It's a cat that was like embedded in the video chat on a 10 year old Dell computer. Okay, like you can't even go get this filter in your <laughs> Dude, it's so funny, Dan. So the judge, <laughs> the lawyer is a cat. And the best part is. The judge is trying to be so diplomatic. He's like, I believe you might have a filter on. (laughs) So this filter was set up in a way that the eyes moved. So he's like, yes, I know. And you can see the lawyer's eyes, but he's a cat that. And you can see his eyes moving. And then he goes, well, I'm prepared to go forward with this. I'm here live. I am not a cat. (laughs) There's already T-shirts out that says, I am not a cat. It's got that that, uh, filter of the cat. It's kind of of bizarre because this guy is clearly doesn't realize how to take the filter off. Right. And you, his eyes are going back and forth, and he's like, I really don't know what I'm doing here. But, I haven't uh, seen that. I can't believe I didn't see that. Um, it's yeah. the best. And I'm in 50 Zoom meetings a week for work, so like, I want to be a cat in my in next week's meetings. Like, I, I I'm saw determined it on to get this filter. One of the late night shows, like Colbert or Seth Meyers, did a, a quick little <laughs> clip of it, and I, I watched that. But, um... Do we uh do we have any speaking of interacting? We are one of the most interactive podcasts out there. Do we have any um asking CW? Did we get any? Well, we any? hit those already. We had some the fan questions. Oh, that's for, right for Brandon. Yeah, yeah, for our subscribers. But earlier, but I did want to say that um some of the comments from last week's episode. Uh, we had a lot of people requesting that you bring back the Fire Exits t-shirt to the merchandise store. So uh, that I was I mean, one. we probably still have some lying <laughs> around in, you know, a box somewhere. Right. You know, we had a ton of those bad boys. But there was demand for that. Multiple oh, comments. Yeah. How about that? Uh, that was uh, for our viewers who were watching on Facebook, actually. There were multiple people who commented that they would like you to bring that shirt back, Larry. So, you know what? Here's a lesson. And we're going to take this right to the to the bruiser buddy. When something's out and it's being offered to you, strike while the iron's hot. Don't wait because you know what? I don't know about any more fire exit shirts besides the one that I have. But at the time when they were on sale, okay. Who has the artwork for that? Probably Jeff. Probably Jeff. Jeff did did that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, maybe we can. Maybe I can check with Jeff and see if we have. I mean, since our fans ask MCW, so. um. (laughs) And and Tara, of course, on her laptop. That's the point. That we're just talking about. Is that it with the guy yeah. and the cat? He was, It's a surprised cat face. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. It really is a cat face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's all the news that I need. Like, that popped up on probably 50 times for me. But, yeah, it's an official. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. I know, right? Wow. Look, he's trying. It's so it's so bizarre. The world we live in is so bizarre. Other people on really the Zoom is. call are that's co- the most ridiculous thing. Well, we're doing a podcast <laughs> here. I'll they're completely no selling it, though. That's the best part. Like they're just like, I believe it's a filter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
That's amazing. That's so that's the most ridiculous wow. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, well, look, I mean, we've uh, yeah, we talked with Brandon. We laughed a little. We got the indie roundup. Phil filled us in. Mm -hmm. We want to take it on home now. Do we yeah. want to take episode I think five it's on home? To take it home? I think yeah. so too. Hey. All right, you got two minutes. Take it home. So hey, real quick, what about uh, Leo, our boy, hitting it out of the park? Oh, my gosh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mentioned that when we had him on as a guest, I was like, you know, you got the Rage title, and that momentum kind of rolled you right into that MLW title. Right. And, you know, less than two weeks after that, here we are. Another piece of gold for the man of the hour, Leo Rush. I was so yeah, proud of him. Right. Are they doing, I guess, MLW and, and Triple Are they working together, I guess, doing... So, you know, I actually saw some people... I watched this match. Uh, it was streamed on YouTube for MLW, and I watched the match, and um, a few of the folks were saying that they, they believe that he actually fused those titles. That right. he fused the AAA World Cruiserweight title and the MLW, MLW mm. World Middleweight Championship. So now, I'm not sure if a, a new belt will be unveiled, or if he'll just come out with all of them. Mm. I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah. I saw them saying, like, the Mexican fans were really furious. Huh? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I experienced this while I was in the chat. You know, obviously, Leo's our boy. He's the hometown boy. Right. Like, so I want to see him win. But I, I really was so ignorant to the fact that there were a lot of Latin American fans that were looking at his opponent, Laredo Kid, as, come on, viva la, viva la raza, you know? Right. And Leo actually kind of played the heel. Uh, he was very vicious and very kind of, like, not like, you know, come on, everybody, but right. more like, I got this. This ain't nothing, which is kind of the persona he's had for MLW. And, right. yeah, a lot of Latin American fans were you know, just furious that instead of Laredo Kid winning the MLW middleweight title and fusing that with AAA, it was the other way around, and kind of USA took their belt. Yeah, right. some of the comments I've read, like, they were vicious. Like, it's just crazy how, like, people just, like, they sit behind a keyboard and just type whatever they want to type and and then like you read these comments and you're like why are they saying stuff like this it just doesn't doesn't make any sense man <laughs> well it could be too kind of <clears throat> the the um persona that leo's kind of got himself reputation he on is the internet with internet fans he's a little heat seeker yeah, absolutely and if it, you know mlw's court so I'm, I'm sure court is very aware of the way that people right. think of leo and his persona out there so it does add up it was just crazy to me to be put in the position of like I, because I love him so much, I didn't even real. I wasn't even cognizant of like, oh, people are going to be bad about this. So then I'm like, oh yeah, he is kind of a cocky bad guy, and he did just take the belt from this guy, so of course they were. So, it was yeah. a triple A title, you know? So, like, people look at that and be like, why game. does he have it? Right. Why does he have it? You know? Like, so. Yeah. It's just crazy, like, what people think. Indeed. What else is going on uh, while we wrap this uh, episode five up that we can we can take it on home with? Oh, well, we've got the iron match coming up. Ah, well, actually, oh, yeah. no. That, <clears throat> we talked about that. That's actually oh, really creative. But what's really created, it's it's kind of continued to evolve, right? They got Pro Wrestling Illustrated is sponsoring, and now they got a, a T-shirt. Yeah, they have a T-shirt, <laughs> and all the proceeds are, are going to a very worthy, well, half the $15. So I'm guessing it's a $30 T-shirt. $15 are going to go to a charity of their choice. I can look it up real quick. But, yeah, this is exciting. This is an exciting yeah. time, especially to tie it back to you. Your first match against a woman, but you were under a mask because that may have been a little taboo, you know, to be having that in, what, when was that? In? 2006, 7. 
Yeah, that would have been a little taboo, you well, know. You know, there there's um, regulations prohibiting intergender matches in certain know, states. In yeah, certain states. yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, 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 that the new, that's the new trend. Uh, yeah. Females versus males. Sure. Like they just uh, people want to see that. Right. Yeah, and we've talked we've talked about that mm -hmm. a little bit. It's, it's just on our YouTube page how, how much that that is searched searched uh, intergender wrestling or intergender intergender match on our MCW mm -hmm. YouTube page. So, so Brandon, you're an interesting perspective. Your first match was against a woman. How do you feel about intergender matches that are? Because this is very serious. This is a very serious fight. This isn't ha ha or you know this is a mm -hmm. a showdown. Um, big match feel. How do you feel about this kind of phenomenon where this is really becoming kind of the norm? Hey, man, I just go with the flow now. Uh, it's If it's normal for everybody, it's normal for me. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't really have a comment on it. I just feel like if it's it, it's going to happen. I mean, everything's evolving anyway, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a nonstop process. Everything mm -hmm. evolves, so it, you're just going to see it more and more and more, so... We and can, you're going to have people progress. that like it, and you're going to have people that hate it. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't really have a comment. I don't hate it. And you know, <clears> I, remember, I, I remember the late 1990s, in the late 1990s, when you started seeing in the American style, the, the Rey Mysterios and guys like that come over. And it was like you were, a lot of people, you know, they hated that cruiserweight. Mm -hmm. seeing that you know they wanted you know the way wrestling was and it had been you know just usually big guys and um, people hated this is so correct you know what I mean so it used to be now you know like wrestling just evolves and you have to change with the time you know it's a it's a different form of entertainment so I'll throw that to the fans if you watched it on Sunday let us know ask MCW cast let us know what you thought about it what your thoughts are is this something you'd like to see more of do you want to see more intergender matches in MCW or on a national stage but let us know if you checked it out on Sunday we want to hear from you absolutely yeah, yep. crazy Tony yeah. Deppin. I know Tony. He's a good guy. I actually had a match with him at Legacy, and it like it was really, really good. So he's and he's he's making a name for himself. He's, like you, he's getting, at one point. Yeah, he yeah. reminds me a lot of you. The the same energy that I saw you bring that has the fans emotionally attached to you. He as well brings that to the table. So he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Uh, hey, uh, I speak for all of us. I think we really appreciate you coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, today was crazy. Amazing. Morning started out crazy. He was like. It's been snowing. Like, we've been trying to make this happen for, like, three, four weeks now. Oh, we and, know. Like, and yeah. it's snowing and the weather and just timing and everything. And then today, like, I woke up this morning and it was just ice everywhere. And uh, I ended up, you know, going out and, like, I w went through a stop sign and I hit a parked car, like, head on. And I got thrown up against a pole. And it was just, it was crazy morning. My so. God. Well, and, wow. and he still made his And date. I still That's made right. it. And I still made it. Dedication. Dedication. Well, it was good to see you after yeah. a year, and um, hopefully in the next couple months, we'll mm -hmm. be able to see you a little bit more. We'll get back up and running. And, uh, yeah. and so, thanks for coming yeah. out. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Episode number five. That's right. We got five under our belt. We're on to six. Right. That's right. I can't wait. All right. We'll see, see everybody you. next week. Next Tuesday at eight. Yep, next Tuesday. See you guys. All right. Thank you. Watch hundreds of hours of MCW Pro Wrestling action at MCWRageTV.com. That's MCWRageTV.com.